You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. But also, here's the thing about Airbnb. It's like a 50-50 shot that the place you see online is going to look like the place you get into. And then when you're there, are you going to put in the effort to like fight it if it's not what you thought you were going to get? And I fucking hate it because of the 10 times I've done an Airbnb, about three or four of them have been kind of shitty. And you just let it go. But what are you paying for at that point? And that sucks. Bad. But these people were like the most attractive Trump supporters I'd ever seen. Because they didn't look like schlubby Michigan Trumpers, you know what I mean? They were they were fit, tan people oh, who yeah. hike in the mountains of Sedona. My. Let's see if there's a Mort Krim editorial. He didn't do shit like that so much as Bonds did because Mort took his, you know, his straight down the middle integrity very seriously. And Scott. That Southern hospitality shit is a myth. I think that only extends like five in a five mile <laughs> radius out from wherever they're talking about. Welcome back. It's the Is It Safe podcast, uncensored, raw, in your face. That's right. We don't pull any punches on this show. It's the No Spin Zone, which I don't know. Is that copyrighted? The No Spin Zone? I think that's, is that Bill O'Reilly? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's he's fucking thing sucks. What the fuck is Bill O'Reilly <laughs> doing right now? I was thinking about that. I, I watched something recently that reminded me of him. What was it? Oh, it, this movie that I was very disappointed with is called Hot Air, starring Mr. Steve Coogan. Steve oh, Coogan. I love Steve Coogan. Who doesn't love like Steve, Steve Coogan. Coogan? I love Steve Coogan, too. And he basically plays a right-wing, psycho, uh, <laughs> American radio personality. So more like a Rush Limbaugh, but he doesn't look anything like Rush, of course. And he's a little more sensible than what Rush offers. Anyways, it's fucking terrible. But it did remind me of Bill O'Reilly. I was like, oh, what's Bill O'Reilly doing now? He's uh, just... Uh, Swimming around on a pile of money, not working. <laughs> when I, worked, I can't thank you enough for coming out here this evening. When I worked at Random House in 2007 and eight, the guy that was his publisher, Bill O'Reilly's publisher, uh, made a point in a meeting to say, like, yeah, well, we don't agree, but, you know, he pays the bills. Oh, so, yeah, he yeah, does. That says everything. His, his, he has a book on the New York Times bestsellers list, like, Every time I look, oh, remember those? Uh, wasn't he writing those like books about history that people like, actually thought was real? Yeah, killing something, history. killing yeah. Lincoln, like killing Lincoln, killing Kennedy, killing uh, whatever. He had like five of them, I think. Here it is: killing Lincoln, the shocking assassination that changed America forever by Bill O'Reilly, and it gets a four point six out of five on Audible. That seems like a decent rating, actually. Which is, <laughs> I don't know. Is that, is that good? I don't know. I okay. missed the Killing Lincoln thing. Sorry. Yeah, it's, oh, it's only, Killing it's only Lincoln. people that like it. I had to turn, uh-huh. I had to turn off the dryer. <laughs> yeah, I had to turn off the dryer. Oh, hey, Willie, where's the cat? Anyways, hey, it's Willie. great to be back here. It's great to be where's back on the, the Easy Safe Pod. Ah. You guys talked for two hours and five minutes last week without me. That was pretty good. I thought you might go for three hours since I wasn't here, but you kept it at about 2.05, so... <laughs> Kudos to you guys. <laughs> yeah, and, that, that point where like we just forgot to hit, we forget to hit stop recording and just it just <laughs> devolves into real barroom talk. Exactly. Bar talk. But I was stunned and actually really excited because 
you brought back something that I hadn't thought of in years, and it wasn't even on any of my playlists. And I was like, what was I thinking? I mean, this song rules. You're part of I mean, what was I thinking? Yeah. I, I love this song. This song was like, this was so much a part of my life for many years there is, in the aughts. Which is how I know it, of yeah. course. Yeah, this CD right. was in rotation. Well, John sent me John sent me a band. Uh, was it Lifetime, John, or was it the other one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, was Lifetime like, was the first one I sang, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember if it was that, but I was like, it sounds like piebald mixed with... Uh, maybe hot water i can't remember what it was but it was that was where the mm-hmm. reference came up and uh you know john of course knows who piebald is so yeah it was on my mind and that was funny as we were talking about like minimum wage and shit and uh you know the very beginning of this song talking about a guy washing windows for 10 bucks a pop yeah this is Gotta a very deep song i mean it sounds hey sounds exactly like why i like it yeah there's a lot going on in this song isn't there deep but making yeah, ten bucks like, for every window wash depends on what window you're washing. That's pretty good money. <laughs> yeah, I think we can just especially if you do a half-ass job. <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of like the the tonal difference and the content difference to like uh, what the Smiths were always like kind of going for. Uh, oh, they, like, not, yeah, like a, like a church. But the music. fact that that's like, the fact that that's like a bouncy poppy uh, song, you know, post hardcore <laughs> song or whatever. And like the content uh, is, you know, pretty dark. Oh, heaven knows I'm miserable now. <laughs> Welcome to hell. Anyways, See, that guy's miserable. That, awesome. that guy sucks now. He he probably always sucked. Let's be honest. We sucked. just didn't. We didn't have as much access did. to him in the '80s and the '90s that we do now. So he always sucked, and that's fine. The music is great, and as we've said before on this podcast a thousand times, separating the art and the person, that's up to yep. you. Make your make a call. But piebald. I wonder what they're doing right now. I wonder where they are. That really well, blew they, my mind. They uh, they toured not too long ago, actually. I I randomly looked them up probably a year ago or something, and I think if it wasn't for the pandemic, I think they actually may have had shows lined up. I have wait, no wait, idea have where, though. It been local. According to uh, Piebald.com, they put out a uh, Christmas 7-inch. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Christmas <laughs> Hey, Matt, you got to well, add that to your collection, dude. Yeah. Do you do seven inch vinyls or just? Of course. Oh yeah, I didn't know. I thought Scott it was only the... does five inch vinyls. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a... yeah. uh, well, from the last keep... pod, Mike? Keep up. <laughs> I, I I titled the pod. You know, give my I mean, five. What it was up. it? What were, give giving my five means beating off. Something I don't know what it really meant in, in context. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we don't have to. Yeah, we don't have to re- go back into that one. Well, at any rate, it's great to be back, and it's our opening week of softballs this weekend, so I'm really excited for that. I am—I know no one else cares. The people that listen to this show are like, who gives a fuck about your guys' softball team? But we're all on the team, so it's... Uh, there's going to be good content coming out of that. Yeah, I think it's, we'll it's all it we're going to talk about from now on. We're yeah, gonna they might, it's going to be... A, it's gonna be I can't believe how long the season is. Podcast. That's what's great about this league. There was one year... There was one year where it went... Like it was like a major. It was like April to October. Yes. It was that crazy. Was it was freezing. It was frigid at the end of the year. But the we couldn't do it because everybody was like taking vacations, and you just couldn't even feel the team when it came to the playoffs. So that sucks. That sounds awful. I don't want to. Do that. It, it, we had like an all star game. We, you know, 
That was in like October. That was like mid to late October. We had like an all-star game. There was some, you know, this will never happen in our lifetimes, but uh, there was actually (laughs) a conflict with a deep Tigers playoff run at one point. And people just like didn't want to play. They just want to look like we just were like sitting around listening to the radio or watching the game or people were going to the game. Fucking bogus. Fuck that. Well, you (laughs) may run like maze, but you hit like shit. Shit. Well, I'm excited. I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm going to meet Scott for the first time. I've met Matt before. Yeah. So uh, I'll meet Ian and see what this guy is all about. And it's going to be fun. We're going to have some good time on a Sunday in downtown Detroit area on Belle Isle, technically. Yeah. Not, we're not playing right in the heart of uh, Campus Martius or anything, but you know, we'll be down in Detroit. Be that fun. would be fucking hilarious, though, to just tee some balls up there and just fucking crack him into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a beach bar that's at Campus Martius. It's just a I've big seen that dumb shit. Band. I've seen that. Like just, just bring sand. <laughs> I've seen they do dumb shit over there, right? They, I mean, I know they have ice skating. Well, so actually, makes sense. But. You know, actually, they've got they have they have a really cool uh, social space there now, and they've brought in like a new project, which is uh, roller rink. So they bring in back the roller rink. And they've got adult skate that starts at, you know, seven or eight o'clock at night. This just started last weekend. And oh. uh, they got like open skate, you know, in the during the day. And the, a lot of kids are out there. But you can get out there, rent roller skates and do the whole thing. They got, you know, they're setting up things with lights on them and shit. So I bet you the nighttime adult skate is super fun. Definitely. Definitely not as fun as the one on Alter Road or the one on... Uh... Northland Roller just, Rink on 8 just, Mile uh, over your house. Oh, dude! Life. Dude, I know that place. That's My drug dealer lived four blocks south of there. So Still. I was always driving by that because I come off 94 going down Alter or the other parallel road to the east, the west. And, uh, yeah, I'd always see that place. You never on, stopped on Alter him, road, huh? Yeah. Even, even I never being stopped high, him. Even being high as a kite, you never were like, you know what, fuck it. Oh, I wasn't high yet. I was getting the drug. So I didn't care about anything but the drug, <laughs> the, the pills. Let's not say drugs. I hate when we say drugs. The Vicodin. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted. Or the Oxycon, whatever it was. So it was fun because right, there was always a drugs, jam makes going sound like a drug addict. No, it just sounds so generic. <laughs> like drugs. Hey, drugs, man. You know? It does sound generic. Scale, you to know exactly. Going over there to get, yeah, going over to get a bag of coffee. Actually, probably, <laughs> probably a good idea. You weren't on skates and like, you know, 12 like it in it at one time. You would have uh, been just, uh, well, you would have been stuck in the I, arcade the whole time. But I drove all the time on Viking and that's fine, right? So. At a certain point, though, weren't you just kind of normal on it? It's true, except when I got really high. But there is there's this a hardcore controversial debate, which I don't know that people would approve of, but it's real. There is a tendency for people who are addicted. The longer they go, the longer they go. They figure, hey, I got this shit down. And yep. You know, it's like uh, I watched uh, that movie Flight the other day. Remember the Denzel Washington Zemeckis movie? Uh, I didn't watch it because of that combination of people. That sounded awful. Denzel and Zemeckis? Zemeckis with Denzel. I mean, give me Spike Lee and Denzel. Give me, you know, give me uh, Tony Tony Scott and Denzel. Well, he did. Give me Zemeckis and Denzel. I mean, come on. What is I have that? no I have no opinion about Robert Zemeckis. So okay, that's, that's, that's I fine. I couldn't spell his name. <laughs> totally fine. I actually shouldn't because he's completely. About a nine on the tension He's a non-topic. <laughs> well, uh, what, about, what about it? What happens in that movie? What uh, is there? Well, uh He's he's a he's an alcoholic. So and, you know, he's drinking all the time. It's actually more about addiction. It's not about it was actually quite missed 
marketed, which often happens with these movies, these marketing. These people come up with these, oh, this is the focus, when it's could be yeah. anything but. So it's really good in that respect, Luke. So you might want to reconsider it. It's, I watched it, and I was like, wow, this is like pretty straight on. And the point is, he's all fucked up, but then he drinks, and he's driving. He's normal, like you said, Matt. And that's accurate. Like you just, The guy's hardly drunk at that point. He probably will get drunk, even if he's that much of an alcoholic at a certain point. But he's just driving with some buds and some pounded vodka and everything's copacetic. Yeah. Not not shaking anymore. Just you know, right? Yeah, that's the back to zero that level that happens zero. after after four drinks. Yeah, you like Denzel woke up every morning in the movie Flight like minus five drinks, and he just had to level out. Got to get back to zero. <laughs> that's that's what? the goal of life. But that park is fun. There's always people having a good time at that park. So I hope people are still living it up, getting back outside and enjoying life. That park right there on Warren and Alter, a lot of fun. Heavy. I saw them play football all the time over there. A lot of football action. That's uh, Chandler Park, right? Oh, yeah. Is that Chandler Park? Oh, is that Chandler? That's, that's, that's the that's uh, southeast soccer. corner of Chandler Park. No, we played at um, Chandler. We played on oh. Chandler Park, but we played at Balduck. Played at Balduck. Huh. Okay. Oh, yes. shit. But that was Chandler Park was the that's the, was the Chandler Park Drive, which yeah. Gotcha. I got you. Goes all the goes all the way to Chandler Park. So Luke, Chandler I was Park of, is a little like Hamlet too, right? It's like the neighborhood. Yeah. That's how Google's uh, looking at it here, anyways. Oh yeah. Google it's interesting. Google names neighborhoods sometimes that I don't know, you know. But Chandler Park, the park, I would say if you lived by it, you would say, Yeah, I live by Chandler Park. I don't know if you'd say I live in Chandler Park. Uh, in Chandler. Okay. All right, well, that makes sense. Anyways, hey, we always talk about directions and east-west, up-down traffic zones. We're big on uh, talking. Gotta be like, it's got to be everybody's favorite part of the show. <laughs> it's, yeah. Are you yeah. insane? <laughs> yeah, how, many, how many left turns does it take to get the fuck out of this place? So, mismarketed mis, mis movies is an interesting topic. I, uh, I was just thinking about this. I was talking about uh, uh, my favorite example of this is... Uh, the New World, Terrence Malick's The New World. Yeah, I watched that a couple a months ago for the first great time. Great example. Awesome movie. Fucking awesome it was, movie. It was fascinating. I, it was. It was interesting. I don't know how I feel about it yet, to be honest with you. But. <laughs> do, you do you remember when it came out, how it was marketed, though? I mean, it was totally a Pocahontas love story. Yep. Uh, and it was about, really, it was just about the end of indigenous culture in America. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy! <laughs> And the colonization, <laughs> not the end of it, but the uh, you know, yeah. yeah. Christian Bale shows turning. up like two hours into the movie. It's like, oh hey, Christian Bale's taking over now. Okay, <laughs> that was interesting. Now, Matt, that's a that's a great example. I do literally remember that watching that trailer and being like, I don't care about this, and not even realizing it was a Terrence Malick. Didn't know it was a Terrence Malick movie. I had until... no clue. I didn't even know until it was like two thousand five or six. That's we got a big when, leak here, guys. We got a leak. Well, Sorry. Buzzkill! Show meeting! I'm hearing, a, I'm hearing the podcast coming from somebody. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> what do we do, Mike? Hey! How do we fix this? Hey, hey, hey. talking? My, we just my laundry talking? Uh, is hey, making well, a sucking noise. That's... I don't hear it anymore. No, no, I heard it. It's hey! way underneath there. Don't... Hey! I'm hearing You're it. You're part of it. <laughs> hey! I used to do that all the time. Hey! I think we would all do that a lot. It was really annoying to other people, but funny to us. Hey! You're smoking dope. 
I like to mix in different words. Actually, <laughs> hey! what, what I was doing when, when I listened to the podcast, I listened to you guys, and I was going, hey, let's smoke a bowl. It just seems so perfect, and it has nothing to do with anything, but that's what I was singing. You guys inspired Mike, your, your music interests are so so wide and varied. It's either singing that or walking around going, uh, I was singing what, the DuckTales theme song? It was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Spin it! Oh, there's always that too. Yeah, I think you no, did that for like you did that for like two years. <laughs> that's blue. Yeah, that's uh that thing right there. Stud, tailspin. Tailspin. <laughs> Why does <laughs> uh, this woman looked? <laughs> oh, the same sound, man. It's true though. <laughs> this girl at uh, the TGI Fridays I worked at in Cincinnati in 2004 slash five. Uh, she oh looked like god. blue. She had this like oh god gut thing, but oh god, I, I couldn't tell if she was pregnant or not. It was really bizarre. Oh. But this bus boy. I'd be. So how, was like it. it was how long did you? Hold on, hold on. How long did you work there? Uh, let's see. I moved uh, about six, seven months. So long enough to find out if she was pregnant or not. Yeah. Oh, I got in, like the inner circle of the you know the wait staff. We go to karaoke. We got shit faced. You know, somebody wanted to fuck me. I wanted to fuck somebody else. She didn't want to fuck me. You know, like, all that stuff was involved. Blue didn't want to fuck you. Is that what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. That's somebody different. These are other people involved in the restaurant. But at any point, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if she was pregnant because she was like younger, or I mean, she could have been pregnant. She was like twenty, or if she just had this like gut thing. It was really odd. Ooh, and the busboy Brandon. I remember the busboy Brandon. He was in high school. He'd follow me around, like always. He thought it was funny, and he'd be like, oh, "Dude, what's what's going on?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "Dude, <laughs> I do that to him, and he just start laughing his ass off." Like, <laughs> he thought it was the funniest thing ever, but. The, now that we're saying this out loud, I feel like um, feel I owe awful. her an apology. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, do not apologize to her. She'll be like, why are you apologizing? Like, well, here's what I did. And then you'll have to like recreate that moment. She has no idea who I am. I have no idea what her fucking name yeah. is. So it doesn't, she has this no, is all. She, she has no idea of the stupid, harmless joke you were making behind her back. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. Yeah, that was weird. So. That's a new drop. That's a new drop. That right? is a new drop. I, speaking of the new drop, I've been working my ass off here trying to add a whole bunch more. Uh, before the show started, I was grinding like a motherfucker. Uh, rounders drops, total recall drops, Ooh. me, myself, and Irene drops. Uh, yeah, what so kind I'm, of rounders drops we got? We well, got to say not, something relevant. You're not going to tell us, right, until we say no, something I, that applies. I didn't get it done yet. I didn't get them done yet. I've downloaded them, but I got to. Should I just like just constantly say lines from the movie until one clicks and you finally give me the drop I want? Look it up. Give it to me. Pipeline. That's just a tease for next episode. Yeah, it's got to be be some some Teddy KGB stuff for sure. Pay they that man his money. (laughs) Sure, sure. That's yeah. He has alligator blood. (laughs) I got one done that I can add and do in the show here, but there's. It was actually hard to find certain lines you wanted to find. I was, I was surprised. I thought there'd be like every scene of Rounders on YouTube, but it's not true. You guys no. would be surprised. Yeah, I even try like even a, you try to look up something from Seinfeld or whatever that seems like an obvious, uh, easy meme. It's they just don't exist. But also, uh, this, this is funny to me because you know you produce the show, and when we were talking about this last episode, we brought you on. It was like, you know, fucking godsend because we needed somebody that could help us actually yes, do You guys this. are very sweet. I owe you all like a, a Heineken. <laughs> Heineken, no, that's so dumb. Absolutely not. <laughs> but, but this is the you. thing. You know, this is the thing. We just take these drops for granted and like, you know, I'll even complain about them because it's hilarious, but it's like, you know, stop with the fucking drops. Of course. But 
how much work goes into even just putting those together is is uh, respectable. So yeah, that's what. Yeah, that, here's that's one I lot. got done. That's a lot. So this is from Rounders. Calm down, what motherfucker? That's classic. Calm <laughs> down, what motherfucker? Although the T is kind of hey, cut stop, off at the beginning. Stop speaking fucking Sputnik. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no, it's it's a it's a bear, man. I remember trying to just slog through making a ringtone for my phone. For some oh reason, I really needed a a corn ringtone from their first record, <laughs> and it took me. What you need? No, I just needed something like that. Yeah, don't be. I that needed guy. one of those. Ironically, <laughs> not was, ironically, that shit is that would be. Oh, ironically, yeah, I was yeah. that guy oh for. 95 minutes just putting together really? a corn ringtone yeah you like yeah corn. i still have i still, like I you, still have you rock oh i corn? like i mean i'll go to bat for six and a half corn tracks but i'm not like corn guy <laughs> <laughs> i just have a ringtone <laughs> no, corn i just guy. needed i just needed some jonathan davis goofiness for like five it's, seconds it's not like i was gonna buy the ringtone <laughs> I was just gonna spend three oh, hours no. making it. It entailed me setting all this damn software and shit. I'm completely technologically out to lunch, but I did it, and it only took me uh, two hours. Well, as music, <laughs> as music comes up all the time here, what what, what genres corn? What do they fit into? New metal. metal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would say that. I would agree with. Is uh, new metal just basically all trash? Yeah, it's, yeah. And that that new is spelled with a u umlaut. Shut up. <laughs> it is. Is it really? Guys, guys, let's play our favorite game. Is that Romstein our- too? Or are they new metal? Do, uh, do host. Do host. <laughs> guys, how many monthly listeners does Corn have Ooh, on Spotify? This God, this is going to be a depressing It's a lot. No matter what it is. It's it's definitely a lot. Two point it's definitely a fair three amount. million. 2.3. No, that's too high. Uh, I'm saying 6.5 million. I'm going under a million. Luke? Wow. Matt's 900,000. 6.1 million. Nice Shut job. Wow. Well done. Oh, that's damn. a solid uh, That's a solid base. <sighs> Six. I think million. I think more people have Spotify now because I used to play this game like seven years ago. Oh, well, it was a lot different then. Yeah, it definitely. <laughs> you, you th- I actually thought about this. It's going to be a fucking decade that I've had Spotify. I believe wow. in 2012 is when I first got it. So next year will be yeah. 10 years. That's crazy. That blew my mind. Sounds great. Yeah. Is this a cool corn track, though, Scott? Or? <laughs> yeah. I'm the authority on all things corn. It's <laughs> like when um, it's pulled out, man. This, yeah, this one's, this one's fine. You this like sounds, this sounds, like, this sounds like if your own funeral was like an action movie. I, I don't, you know what? I, don't, I do not hate this at all. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, no, Matt. You should. Okay, no, what so you got to do? You gotta, you gotta strap on the headphones, and I'll give you like the five, the six aforementioned six corn songs to listen to. <laughs> the and then you just put it on the shelf for you know ten more years. You only have to listen to it once a decade, just to you know, just to remember. I don't even think there's. I don't even think you have to. Why do I need to remember this? Yeah, you don't have to forget. You're right. Touche. You don't have to do anything. (laughs) Dude, I had forgotten my first kiss. Why would I remember this? Oh, Oh my God. I'm surprised you. Luke, I was just talking about this with Stephanie. Something, it came up. 
on I don't know it was on a movie or TV show like talking about the first kiss I legit don't remember it I have this no kiss, idea this kiss come on man <laughs> absolutely don't remember at all I like okay I definitely this is controversial are you talking like your first French kiss is that what we're talking about uh mm. I guess your first uh, real kiss. Yeah, the first the real kiss. one. Yeah, yeah. The I don't it know. Have real to be Frenchy. Name, it could be just yeah, like it could just know, be like wet. It's significant. Oh, you know, like yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like you're not just a pet. Well, not like, like you're putting the lips on the lips the for more than or... five seconds. I'm not talking cheeks. I'm talking lips to lips. Five second minimum. No, possible second, lip exchanging no, opening. Prying open no. of the lips with oh. a little bit of tongue maybe slipping in. Once a teeth. With this with this song underneath, it's it's too much. I never got into court, I by the perfect. way. I, I I love a lot of dumb shit. Luke knows. You guys got to know me. You know that. But I never, corn never hit me at all. By the way, so no, it was just something. Never, no, they never they made never you gird me your too, lines. But. but I'm gonna go to bat for this song, which is along the same line. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie about it at all. Remember these guys? What not? Same. I don't think what so. We got here. I think it has a soft opening, but oh, it's gonna God. come in hard. You know yeah. what this is, Luke? Oh yeah. What is it? Come on, tell me. This has got like this got like a this got a hum opening kind of. It's got um, the guitar is wait. fun to play. I won't. No, nah, I thought it was Incubus. I might be wrong. No, that's it's not Incubus. Not a bad guess, but no, this is a Death new metal world. Good guess, same genre, yeah, but not them. Uh, Death Tones another in, band. I'll, uh, I mean, I recognize it. Recognize the song. This taproot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Superman. Yeah, Superman. Nice this is. Oh, Lincoln Park? No, close, though. Again, you guys are hitting all the right notes. POD? This is. Yeah! Oh, oh that's what I meant. I said Puddle of Mud. It's POD. POD. What is POD? What does the D stand for? I think it's death, isn't it? Oh, Puddle of Dicks? No, no, no. I think it's payable on death or pack, payable pack on of destruction. Or puddle of dicks? Why would that happen? Why would there well, be puddle, a puddle, puddle of, mud? of mud? I mean, that was the only other thing I was thinking. Well, that makes sense, but there wouldn't be a puddle, yeah, a puddle of, dicks. of dicks. Yeah. At any rate, yeah, that's uh, puddle I like, of D's. POD. This was a good jam. It's a solid jam. I listened to it a couple weeks ago. I played uh, it on the hey, drums, and I actually had a good time. Who's the that's other one? Um, that's Christian metal right here. Is this what? What? Oh yeah, POD is Christian as shit. Oh man, turn it off. How about, how about a, a little Papa Roach? That's thank you, Matt. Well, that's, that's exactly what I was trying to think of. Papa Roach. I don't, I don't necessarily think of them as new metal though. I see they're like a rock band that, that song, came along. That, that song time. sounds like a Papa Roach song. Last that sounds. Resort. Yeah, Dude, that sounds every, like this, yeah, this song was, How many plays <laughs> does this song? How many plays? Oh man, does this plays. song? One hundred thirty-five million. It's got twelve. I'll, I'll, I'll take the over. I'll go like one eighty-one. Yeah, it's even higher than that. It's six hundred and thirty-one million. Pushing a billion. Oh, pushing yes. a bill. Dude, people okay. listen to this song. Not a month. Cry. Not a month. They cut themselves to this song. They're 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 mad at their dad. They're mad at their parents to this song. It's just generational, I think. Okay, now here's here's where I'm not defending Spotify, but what do you get? I think it's point zero zero seven cents per stream. It's times shit. yeah, it's definitely times seven hundred million. Okay, that's million. four point. That's four point nine million dollars. All right. Yeah, Am I doing the math right? That's pretty I mean, passive income. 
If they're getting five <laughs> that's a decent, million, yeah, that's not bad passive income. That's uh, that's more money yeah. than uh, the CDs they've sold in the last ten years. Absolutely. <laughs> do they actually do they actually pay seven cents on point? No, it's point zero zero seven, I think, or point point zero zero six ish. Somewhere in that range. Okay, so it's under a penny. So they pay under a penny. Oh, it's, but they it's under. They actually it's under. Pay. It's under one thousandth of a penny. But zero, when you have oh point zero zero seven of a penny of a penny gotcha right each gotcha but wow. you gotta add two more zeros point zero 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 million streams that's yeah that's a paycheck it adds up uh, it means uh, you know you got to yeah. make music that appeals to the biggest broadest possible audience by the way if we get anything anybody, wrong yeah. If we get anything wrong on the show, you can email the show. Is it safe pod at gmail.com? Yeah. We're going to read our emails momentarily. But how many monthly uh, listeners for Papa Roach before we close I love this out? A, I love that there's a guy out there who's just a Papa Roach diehard who's like, this is Hold bullshit. On. You Please, guys got that you, wrong. Maybe I'll go back to 2.3 for that. Yeah, I'm going to go with. I'm going to take the over on that. Wait, hold on. I thought we were talking about this song got 634 million. That's total Six, total streams. That was 631 millions for this song, but the monthly listeners like we did with uh ah, monthly listeners. Corn, Corn had 6 million. Uh okay, so I'm going to say what I said before. They have less 12. Corn. 12. 12, literally 12. <laughs> 12? That? I'll, yeah, I'll say 12, uh, 13, 14, 15, 12. I'll say 3. 8, 9, 8. 10, 11, 12. You're saying 8, 8 million. 3.8 million? And Scott, you this were... Is, this is me not engaging in this. I'm, right? at, a, I'm at a 2.3, I think. The answer is 9.4 million. Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, what's, their, what's their next most streamed song after this one? That would be Ooh, Scars. The Scars remind us who smokes a weed. Uh, 149 million. 149 that is 149 million. million. I'm telling you, this hit the generation. That's just because right that plays us. immediately no. after this song plays, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still in 2012. It was the two songs they put on the radio. When we. Okay, so this generation came along that was like 10 years old in 2000, 2001, 2002, or some, somebody was born in the 90s. They hit this Papa Roach at a certain age and like, oh shit. And they took off of it. We used to. I won't deny it all. When that album came out. Uh, we was it called it. Last Last Resort? Or I don't know what the yeah. name of the t- album was. It's called Infest. It's called Oh, Infest. shit. Yeah, it's a great yeah. album. We kicked the shit out of that. We were, yeah. Remember, Luke, that party we had in my basement? And we were Abs- playing that like, I was just all thinking weekend that. long. Yeah, The and Bender. We called it The Bender. <laughs> oh, my God. That was The Weekend Bender. And uh, I remember hanging out. Oh, man. It was like four in the morning. There was people trying to sleep on the floor. We had uh, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, playing so loud. It was yeah. killing the name. And me and Morgan were pounding on the bar in the basement. And I think the bar came like unhooked from like the nails. Like it just, <laughs> it just we we were pounding on the bar so hard. Like the whole counter started like bouncing off of the It was wood. unfinished too, though. It was like, he, my stepdad was lazy. He tried to build a whole new basement. So it was like a bar that while everything else was finished, the bar never got finished, so it was easily coming apart. But oh my god, yeah, that was a fun weekend! It was uh, Papa Roach I, all day. Yeah, and I think I, I feel like that was one of my my young hero moments. You know, where you show up at the party and you're the one that's got all the booze. Hey! I do believe. I do believe. Uh, me and I, I think Dave. Uh, I think I think we had the hey dude guy that we would call up. 
His name was Traziati. I'm almost positive his name was Traziati. <laughs> and shout he, out Traziati. And he used to just he we used he used to be friends with teenagers. He was like 22 years old or whatever. And he would just meet us in the parking lot. We wouldn't hang out with them. He would just buy beer and drop it in the trunk. <laughs> I don't even think we knew about tipping, right? He just did it. He's that lonely and that bored. He just would meet up and he would come out with like, like just a giant shopping cart full of cases and liquor. And we would just pop the trunk and the trunk would just open and he would just walk to the trunk, load it up. And then we would drive off. He's like, I've got nothing else to do today, but assume a massive amount of responsibility and liability. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Can you imagine right now? Like every single parking lot has got security in it. I mean, we're talking, you know, talking like Meyer, Meyer, Kroger, they got security guards everywhere. Well, that's why. That's actually why Dave Traziati fucked us over. He, oh, fucked, over yeah. system. he dra- fucked over the system. He was awesome. He was amazing. Uh, and I think he saved that weekend because no one could get anything because we were still too young to buy alcohol. And we showed up. I think we showed up with like 170 beers or something. I think yeah, that's, we, I, that was the whole I thing. Recall, we, I recall there's a picture like of the fridge. Beers. Yeah, we did that thing where like, dude, let's fill the whole fridge with just cans of beer. The side door, the whole shelving. We did it all. It was lame and dumb, and we were 20, and that's what you do then. I spent the entire weekend at your house. Oh, everybody did. My Everybody was gone. It was called the Bender. People just kept showing up. It was just like <laughs> yeah. four days. Of, it, was, it was either Memorial Day weekend or Fourth of July. I think it might have been Fourth of July weekend because it was like one of those extendo bozo we guys had the hot tub too out back right something happened with the hot we tub. had a pool we had a pool not a hot tub oh it was the pool yeah something something bad happened at the pool and i'm sure it did very pissed oh yeah. Uh, yeah the dumb shit happens all the time i had a hot tub in my mom's house God later on it, my- where everybody Corey went in the hot tub and then he went straight to bed on one of my mom's mattresses so when she came back from the vacation the thing was fucking soaked and she thought it was urine. She she's she left this voice. I mean, there's saying, probably some urine. Totally in there, fair. Yo, totally yeah, fair assumption. Yeah, you're right, Matt. There probably was a little bit of urine, but she left me this message that we used to play, like urine soaked mattress. Is exactly how she said it. And God, I, I wish we, I wish you still had that so we could make that a drop. A drop. I would love that. No, she probably wouldn't appreciate that. Fortunately, <laughs> I don't think she shit. listens to this show. I was scared though. I, I hid from her for like a week. I was like, she's gonna kill me, and I was like thirty. Dude, your your mom your your mom's uh, your mom's quotes would make the best drops in the whole fucking world. Yeah, that'd be, they would. Yeah, They're so good. A passionate. Jewish Who do you woman. think you are? You're a fucking king around here? Oh yeah, king shit. Your reign king? is over. <laughs> your. Yeah, I was your sixteen. I was like, am I a king of anything? I don't feel like a king of anything. I wish I was. So. King That's shit. You got the nickname King Govier. King. Yep, that's right. And it, I, I, initially, I thought it was funny, and then Guy would say it so much, and I would get like annoyed and like, oh, yeah, it's too on. much. <laughs> but then I, I finally came back around and accepted that. You know what? I accept what you're calling me, and that's, that's not, not, not your fault. And the hits just keep on coming. Oh man, a, a mom telling her son, "Your reign is over." <laughs> well, let's uh, get to the emails. What do you guys say? You guys interested? Yeah, it's email time. <laughs> I mean, I can actually, tell this is better. This is better that we're doing the emails now with you back. I think that makes more sense. We well, could have done I the think... emails last week, but I think this makes more sense. Fair enough. Uh, either way, I think the fact that people actually listen and they engage and take the time to write us—it's pretty fucking cool. So, 
Thanks, everybody. Thanks, uh, Eric. Eric's up first. This is Eric writing in. He says, what up, doe? Gentlemen, thank you for the shout out. <laughs> so we must have shouted out uh, Eric on the show a couple weeks ago. I'm sure we did. I can die I definitely knowing. Did. Yeah, I, I recall. I don't, don't know what it was about, but I do recall that. I can it's die knowing that my awesome. name. Oh, he's awesome. Great. I can die knowing that my name will be mentioned in perpetuity. Good for you. <laughs> I have enjoyed the last episodes that deal with music and Detroit history. I want to pick Mort Krim, colon cancer survivor. Go, yay. I'm, I'm fine. I'll be all right. I'm reading this in real time, so I'm responding to it. Wow, that's cool. As the winner in the fight against Bill Bonds. But it's hard to hurt a butterscotch-fueled drunk, and ultimately, I have to pick... Mr. Bonds, because he is born and bred Detroiter. What do you guys think of that? The born and bred Detroiter should win, huh? I think butterscotch fuel drunk is the title of this episode. <laughs> I think it's kind of like how the drunk driver always survives the car crash. Oh, my you know? God. Oh, God. Yes. That's so fucked Jesus. up. Yeah. They, just, they just bounce out like shake. Oh, why am I in the shot? You're cool, man. Good God, that is fucked up. I just thought about that. That was like a dose of reality that kind of hit Sorry. me. Sorry. Oh. Bill Bond. I've never, I've never been in By the way. Like when he crashes uh, into your living room. When his he's car racing. is hard hitting, yeah. His car is very hard hitting. <laughs> uh, I was actually going to ask you guys. Is the uh, whatever, motherfucker? Is the softball, is it heavy drinking involved in softball? Because I don't know that. No, well, heavy. it's it's a I beer mean, league. Okay, so it's like uh, maybe heavy is a strong word. I mean, are you like, worried about being around alcohol? Is, is that what? That's a fuck. No, 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 no. Come on, that's a fucking. Well, are you worried about overperforming <laughs> because you're not sloshed? Yeah. <laughs> no. Are you worried about overperforming because you will get sloshed? I've never liked. That's what I've I never been about. the guy that wants to drink while doing something active. I always just want to do it straight. So don't have I'm to. gonna do no it straight. No one. It's not hazing. You don't walk in and someone puts a funnel in your mouth. I'm not saying it is. I'm just curious. I'm just You'll trying be to get just the feel. Fine. I'm trying to they, get the they make the they make uh, this thing called White Claw for guys like you. Yes, that is. <laughs> hey, let me tell White you something, Matt. You, you may have said that in jest, but I was the king of Truly in 2017. When I brought Truly to the feast in 2017, everybody truly was looking at king. me and making fun of me the whole weekend. Like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, oh, I don't really drink much. So this is perfect for little me. I was the king, comma, Truly. I was. Luke, Luke's anyway. the first man I ever saw drink a White Claw. Really? Still still a man, too, I think. So I don't think it had any uh, irreparable harm as far as I can nah. tell. I think that's the law. I don't know. Claws the law, baby. Hey, when you yeah. drink a White Claw, when you drink a White Claw, you got to know. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. Very important because it could not be the juice you don't want. Oh. And if that's the case, that's not Matt good. can judge me all he wants, but I was shredding for the wedding. That's how I dropped 25 pounds. I thought you were just. <laughs> that's right. I, I just thought you were hydrating. <laughs> I just thought you were just trying to. Yeah, no, that, that was the other thing is we need water. And so I grabbed the first seltzer I could find. That well, had I don't 5% know alcohol. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be like ripped or, or like people just have a few, you know, go to town. I'm just curious. I want to get the feel. So nobody That's gets all. ripped because you're you're out there and you're you're sweating and kind of running around. So you don't ever really get drunk. And it's, it's nine innings. It's, it's bizarre. It's nine innings. So you can you can consume quite a bit. But I guess normally I would probably I would drink a six pack. Well, of course, nine innings. Uh, maybe a couple more after the game, and I never feel drunk. 
It's interesting. It's They've just invented- it's the sun and it's the running and sweating. You just don't ever really feel drunk. And uh, now that they've invented exactly those. what everybody who gets pulled over coming out of Belle Isle says. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lousy fucking softball player, Jack. <laughs> New drops, guys. Yay! What is that yeah. from? You good oh. men. Oh, nailed it. Wow, Luke. Very impressive. You're a lousy fucking softball player, Jack. <laughs> That's Tom Cruise wow. to Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's Jack, so tough. Matt Nicholson. No, no. I, I I find the other... There's actually a lot of quotables in that movie beyond the most trend... Uh, you know, how dare you... What is it? You can't handle the truth. Yeah, yeah. Fuck all that. But there's a lot Spoiler of... Beat me like on that. that wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to the email. So, curious about softball. Thank you. I can't wait for Sunday. I'm really excited. I'm actually like... I feel alive. It's good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. <laughs> During the shout-out, you asked for some topics. So here's a small list. Oh, wow. The people I are did. doing the he's, show for he's us. Calling this, my, he's this, calling my bluff. Is this Eric still? <laughs> this is still Eric, yes. We're Eric. back to Eric's email. Yeah. You're live on the Is It Safe podcast talking emails from Eric. And Eric says, philosophies that have helped you in life. Mm. An album that you have worn out. What hurts on you? Question mark. Oh, hold on. What's that third one? What hurts on you? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get ailments? it. Yeah. I, we're, we're ailments. 40. We're 40. Things are falling off. Okay. Any current 2018 to the present music that you Ooh. would recommend? That's a good yeah. These are good yeah, questions. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought of, man. Uh, what makes you happy? Wow. Places, hmm. you f- places you frequented as a youth that are famous now. Hmm. Wow, that is like so specific. He well is- done. Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. Okay. We've got shows for the next six months. We're good to go here. This is great. <laughs> I know. He has no idea how hard it is for us to fill out one dumb Excel sheet. <laughs> Thoughts, this just, there's more. This just it's gave us going. so much to talk about. Thoughts on the simulation theory? Question mark. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. Who puts up with the most shit from you? <laughs> Whoa. Okay. That's intense. That could be a too personal. Uh, any good mushroom <laughs> trips? I think we covered the mushroom trip. No, we didn't do we, the mushroom trips on the air, did we? No, we didn't. My, my, my mushroom trip, yeah. Yeah, with him, yeah. It was the greatest thing ever. Always a good time. We'll just close, we'll just close the door on that one. That's automatic, hands down. That was probably the most fun I've ever had in like 24 hours. Uh, favorite Upper Peninsula location? Munsoning? What's that one? That's a Munising? It's like the dumpiest place in the UP. I don't have enough enough UP experience. Munising's like the place where you like go east or west in the UP. It's like the crossroads of the UP. That's interesting because today we're uh, we do this feast thing every year and we're gonna we're back this year. We'll be doing it this fall in October and I look for houses. Yeah, the word is out in case you didn't know. Uh, Oh, I'm all all across Michigan. You know, there's. How, you know, I use VRBO. There's houses for rent, vacation homes, and I found this insane place called the Pinewood Lodge, and it's just outside of Munising. Munising, thank you. And it's on the water on Lake Superior with its own 700 feet of private beach. It's 8,500 square feet. Oh, it definitely looks, go for it. It looks amazing. I mean, but it's still way too it's expensive. It's a six-hour drive. 15, it's a six-hour drive, and it costs, you don't want to do that three days of partying, six-hour drive home. That's hell on earth. And 
It's fifteen hundred dollars a night. It's very expensive. a night. How many night. people participate though? Good twenty, Miss about Molly. twenty. You know, we pitch in about a buck seventy-five each, so we try to keep the per night to a max of eight hundred, eight hundred ish. So that's. Yeah. I mean, Munising, yeah, it's still on the water, so it's not, it's not terrible, but it's well, like here, it's kind of like you get supplies that. before you move on to. Yeah, here's the thing with that that though too. Supplies. I mean, this is uh, this isn't. It. We aren't like uh, no one's roughing it. This isn't a. This isn't like people are going out, pitching tents, living outside, having oh, no, no contact with entertainment. I mean, this is like it has to be a completely gluttonous affair, that is fully uh, just a full digital fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I just shit all over myself. My shorts are. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that so funny? A completely gluttonous affair. That's the name of this show now. It literally has title. to be. It has to be every everything <laughs> in in your life that like you use to escape real life has to be like turned up to the fucking maximum level. So having no internet has been a problem in the past, and also losing power randomly has been a problem in the past. And then that fucks well, up all the a- all the good meats that Eric brings to the oh, to the yeah. feast. He brings like. The greatest array. This guy is ah, this guy is amazing. He brings a he brings his own smoker. He uh, he runs the grill. He just you know he does it out of the goodness of his dumb old heart. Good steaks he just, too. He brings ribeyes and expensive. Oh my meats. god! Oh, he brings yeah. the best. He brings the best ever. Pork then butts, one year, uh, one year, like power went out because it was too off the grid. It was just too off the grid. And the, no, dude, it was windy as fuck. That was well, that, windy. But that's the thing. Oh, two power outages actually. But, but the first wind, one was oh, in two thousand twelve. Yeah, so I'm, I won't argue about that. But there's both. But either way, like you don't want to be in a spot where like that you're susceptible to that. You want to be able to have constant, <laughs> constant yeah. access. You want all the lights turned on. I agree. <laughs> and, yeah, you want you want no you want no trip in the wire whatsoever, Matt. Like we were saying last week, you know, you you walk out of your house, you got your Bluetooth hooked up to your your car. Uh, you open the door to your car. Nothing stops. It's just a drift. It's just a drift right into mindlessness. That's what I hate want. that. I hate that when I'm talking to somebody on my phone, as I get closer to my car, it automatically picks it up and then I can't hear him. And I got to run like 15 feet to get in the car. I'm like I'm still here. Get a run. <laughs> you're trying to beat. You're trying to beat like the the like a uh, connection timeline. Like, uh, OK, it takes yeah. about five milliseconds uh, per foot while i and you just run and then it connects again i love yeah. it no it's great i've done it i've done it's it annoying. i really thought about it my car is too nice it sucks okay wait so let's go back to eric's uh yeah. did, are there more are there more questions in this yeah, list it's almost done it's almost over uh, by the way because we're I not think, just uh, answering ones we think are smart i want to answer the first ones i'm gonna make this public too i think both of you guys would be great additions to the feast and i would support nominations for both of you for sure 100 percent. you need to have two people vouch for you so well it used to be four so uh, but i think (laughs) it used to be four i think scott and matt would have a great time i know scott for sure so also yeah this happen they're bona fides yeah they get anal i mean we've had new members over the years like 2008 and 9 eric eric's been there for 10 years now but he had never been there the first 10 years and now eric's a biggest part of it as anybody else so yeah He's pit so, boss. But anyways, that's something for another day. But I'm publicly putting my support for Matt and Scott Feast Yow. members yes. going forward. All right, I, would, uh, I would absolutely agree. 
All right. Well, we just got to get two. And more I know people, they can handle. I know they can handle it. I know they can handle the scene. Of course they so, can. Sometimes there's someone like you're really close to, and you're like, "Oh, you should come to the." You know what? Never mind. You're, you're never going to survive. <laughs> when I nominate somebody, I know they're built for it. I, I already know the details. Twenty years be, of this shit. Yes. You know what it takes. Twenty you years must be built. Must be built. Yeah, this is the twentieth. Uh, well, actually, no, no it's uh, twenty-two years. Yeah, yeah it'll be twenty-two. Our twentieth was a couple years ago, and then we missed last year because of COVID. So. Uh, wow. But the 20th anniversary was 2019. Oh. But Luke had to move that day, so he missed that feast. So. Oh. But then, you know, Wait, was I moving like you that day? You probably were. Mm, no, I had, to move, out. I had to move my brother-in-law. Uh, oh, that's even worse. <laughs> that's right. You fucking missed for that? <laughs> Matt, just in case. Sore, sub- sore subject? Uh, no, no, no. It's just, let's move on. Let's move forward. Sore subject. We're moving on from that one. <laughs> yeah, we are. So... <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it the next year. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it when it, uh, when we stop recording. <laughs> uh, dogs and cat, or dogs or cats, a simple one. And then in closing, P.S. As a self-appointed, is it safe super fan? Woohoo! Yeah. I would like to nominate Mr. Dan D for the Alaska Is It Safe fan club president, and Mr. Eric B as the Indiana Is It Safe fan club president. Wow. Okay. Well, he's in Indiana. Dan, Dan B. Dan B. I think, I think he, he meant Dan, have, yeah, that's okay. This is just a Bennett. small typo, small typo. Right, Scott, it's uh, Bennett. A man, Danny Bennett. Dan, yeah, Danny B, yeah. Danny, what's going on, Danny? D- Danny to Manny. So yeah, we didn't is. give so him we... a shout-out last episode. Well, branch I can't of, believe you guys uh, failed yeah. there. We I got an Ala- Alaska chapter Dude, we... and a Midwest chapter. That's that's good. Yeah, we were too we were too uh, overwhelmed and confused without your mic. We, we didn't have enough drops. Uh, we didn't have anything <laughs> to keep us on the rails. I thought you were cool, man. Yeah, we, we we could have easily walked into like, you know, two hours worth of just just penis talk because we got very close to that. <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily, we had enough restraint to come back from that that wall. We were so close. Yeah, I kind of we all we all wanted it. We were we were <laughs> standing there. We were standing we there piss, pissing into the <laughs> pissing off the brink. We got so close. Well, speaking of Danny, we have the email from Danny next. Danny Bennett. Oh man, yes, two emails today. Un- unreal. Holy crap! So are we gonna? Are we gonna? Okay, so we better we'll, start we'll charging these guys subscriptions. We are <laughs> get that Patreon up, stat. <laughs> we got yeah, two fans, seven hundred dollars a piece. We guys um, pay twenty five dollars per episode. Sorry, it's yeah, surge pricing, but it's kind of in reverse. Well, inflation's going up. It makes sense. So. That's true. It's, it's not. It's a myth. Oh, okay. <laughs> good. I just sent you that article. You guys didn't read it? No, come Matt on. Brunig? It's, Matt Brunig? It's, not, it's not a myth when we're trying to get fucking people to pay for this. Oh, shit. Sorry. God Jesus damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Salesmanship I, I 101. It. Right. Wait, did you You're send right. that? Did you send it through email or text? Because I would have liked to have read it. Oh, I put it into the, I put it into the Excel sheet. Oh, I wonder where that is. Yeah, no we'll do that. that. We'll do that next. We'll do that. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. God if we it. did what I said at the beginning, if we put everything under the Is It Safe Gmail account, I feel like it's easier for all of us to know where it is, but whatever. Who oh, cares? actually, We're doing- good point. We'll start that yeah, up. We have- we'll- That's a good idea. Let's move it again. We'll- yeah, yeah, we, let's- <laughs> we can reignite it. If we move it, it again, yeah. maybe we'll all be able to find it. We have 15 <laughs> gigabytes of unused storage in our Google Drive. Compliments of Google. Be- it won't be like Mike sending us four different passwords, thinking all of them are correct. Oh, no, I think it's this. I think it's this account. I think that sums it up. <laughs> that sums it gentlemen, up. All right, moving on. Moving on. Gentlemen, loving the pod. This is from Danny. I was curious how episode 26 would go without Mike point guarding the offense, but 
Thanks, Danny. L- Luke, Matt, and Scott stepped up! Exclamation point. Hey, Being able thanks, to switch. Danny. Yeah, woohoo! Let's give them a round of applause. Good show, guys. Oh, yeah. I actually was admired. I, I appreciate that. I was, I was nervous. I didn't realize how nervous I was going to get. I didn't realize I was going to get nervous. You had to uh, do the intro. Well, yeah. And then, and then in the very beginning, I was like, uh, I guess I'll do the intro. And Matt was like, sweet. You did it. I was <laughs> amazed. Bailed. I was yeah. amazed that you guys even did an intro. And I was like, oh, look at this. Luke's taking the reins. I was at Meyer listening to the podcast. I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> well, to be fair, the intro was only like one sentence. But, you know, still, you know, it's nerve wracking. Don't tell you. Yeah. Don't I'm not a professional. Short, well, you might be someday. Anyways, uh, so Danny's. <laughs> yes. Great job, guys. Luke, Matt, and Scott, kudos. Being able to switch between culture, sports, politics, and music is way more challenging than you guys make it look. Well, thanks, Dan. That's uh, that's, that's fucking more. nice of them. Um, it sounds like yeah. too nice. This <laughs> is like it. it sounds like Scott wrote this. <laughs> when I first I moved here, I, I blew Mister Belvedere. Or, I've, or I've Danny's very aware. Dollars to, <laughs> yeah, to write this exactly. in. <laughs> I was like, Danny, listen, Danny, we need a. I think, I think we need a morale boost. We're starting to self-loathe here. <laughs> Check your Venmo and and here's the copy. Just paste it into the <laughs> Also, regarding morale, regarding the uh, morale uh, boost issue, um, that is, we are come hell or high water. Don't care at all. Who likes it or not, we we will be doing this forever. <laughs> forever. Damn it. I wish I had that drop loaded up, but no. So. We will. Right. I love doing the show with you guys. And, you know, the, the way you guys talked about how you guys really started the show with the three of you at first and the schwitzing, that's where it all began. And I really enjoyed that. I thought Bathhouse cool. boys. Yeah, the Bathhouse boys. And <laughs> now that all four of us are together doing this pod, 27 episodes as of, after this one. That's uh, pretty cool. And I don't care if anybody listens or not. I do enjoy doing the show. So On our way to the century mark. Yes. Hey, we just did uh, the 100th Palazzo podcast last week. I was like, wow, that's hey, crazy. Hey, congrats. Yeah, awesome. thank you, Matt. Yeah, thank did. You. But do a little applause. Cheers. Oh. Cheers oh, okay. to you. You're a lousy fucking softball player, Jack. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, a few segment ideas if y'all are searching. Oh. Thank you. Boy, you guys are just I like that. We are we are searching actually. You guys I are our new producers. Ideas. Yeah, I love hey. segment ideas. Can you give if me a little not, uh, searching by the coasters? Searching by the co- Are you talking like Jesus, the 50s band? The- yeah, oh yeah. Give me that. Wow. I want to hear that while we're while we're searching. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, we have to do this. We have to actually do this uh, live, like live, live, so people can see when Matt says stuff like that, his mustache, and how he gets all squinty eyed. <laughs> yeah, give me some of that. Look at this. The name of this is Choice Oldie Cuts. <laughs> That sounds like a. That sounds like if a fantastic Sam's went out of business and came back into business. <laughs> I've never heard this song. This is a new one for me. Really? I know the coasters, but I don't know this song. Yeah, I grew up on all this shit. Beautiful. All right, well, we're going to keep playing it, Danny, and finish your email. So Danny says, here's a few ideas if y'all are searching, like the coasters. If not the mitten... Which state would each guy prefer to live in? Which country, if not the USA? So which state, which country? Interesting. Should we just do that? Yeah, let's do it right now. Wait. Give it to me, Matt. Christ. Boy, State of the Union. 
Jeez. So many I haven't been to, you know? No, well, uh, that's a tricky one. You been to? I guess you'd have to... You could pick either one, though. You could pick one you've been to. Or you yeah. could just go off on Pro- a... Probably nowhere in the Midwest. Off on yeah. a lark, right? If you were yeah. going to move, <laughs> you might go off on a lark and just move to some random-ass place. Lark. Lark Voorhees. <laughs> Man. <laughs> She's hot. She was hot. Was. Everybody yeah. talked about Kelly Kapowski, but she was hot. Kelly Kapowski. Lisa, is hot. that Lisa Turtle? Lark Voorhees? Yes. Yeah, she has depression now, and she's come out and talked about it openly, so good for her. Good for her. Get her on your other podcast. And she has a skin disease, one of those, like, weird skin disease. So I hope she's okay out there. Anyways, so Matt, you're she's... saying uh, Maine? Yeah. Is that where you're going? I've never been to Maine. So that would be on your list. The rain in Maine falls mainly on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Hmm. I don't know, man. I, uh... Yeah, Maine's all right. Maine seemed pretty cool when I was there. I like the, I either. like the sound of it. Uh, See, this this does come. This brings up other questions, though, right? Like, if I had any choice, and and I'm thinking about it in a kind of 3D view of my entire life, do I want to be in a conservative state? Or do I want to be in a place? That, yeah, it's like if I'm moving to a state like uh, California. Um, I don't know. I don't want to be in a neoliberal state either. So I guess I'm fucked either way. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there is no place for me to go. Uh, maybe Vermont. Well, I've always, I've actually really wanted to kind of live in Vermont. I'm not. I, and this is not just because of Bernie, but no, it's not just because of Bernie, but it did help. Socialist like, paradise. Come on. Yeah, it did. It should help. be wherever there is a socialist paradise. That's where I want to go. I prefer it's, colder it's, uh, climates too. It's the Big Rock Candy Mountain. You know, there's the birds and the bees and the cigarette trees. <laughs> the country I want to live the in tell you this, like right lime. now is Denmark. I want to go. I want to. Yeah, never been to Denmark. I would just live in Denmark. For I'd, sure. I'd I'm pack a Denmark. And I would go right there, and I would live there for the rest of my life. I wouldn't even look back. That's probably pre- that's probably predictable. But I would also <laughs> head to Denmark. I would really? in the country. In the country, I'd probably go to maybe go to Colorado. I've always had a fascination with Colorado. I live there. It's great. It's as ever. I'm an out west. I'm an out west guy. It's no as ever. Yeah, I want to live in Montana because it's just Montana doesn't yeah. seem like it's real. It's like, it's, but people go there and people actually live there. I want to see it. It's probably gorgeous. It's amazing. Western, Western Montana though. Eastern Montana is fucking no. depressing. Really? Yeah, like buildings is is kind of terrible. But it's a it's a cow town, man. Is it flatter on the east side of uh, Montana? Does it get more? Yeah. Yeah, because like, Colorado's yeah, flat as fuck because it's right next yeah, to Nebraska like, on the east side. Yeah, eastern Colorado is just Nebraska. Western Colorado is obviously the Rockies. It's the same with Montana. Eastern Montana is essentially North Dakota, but uh, no. okay. Western Montana is fucking gorgeous. Idaho is underrated. The Salmon oh, River yes. in Idaho, the Salmon oh. River area is is like it's a dream come true. I almost yeah, I'm I was one of the one of the many places I almost got lost. It was like Ketchum, Idaho, where uh, Hemingway blew his head off. Where there. Hemingway is uh, buried. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I visited <laughs> his cool. grave. I think I, I think I poured out like an airplane bottle of whiskey on his grave in Idaho. I would love to that's go. That's good. All you didn't waste too much. I was worried for the fuck about yeah. I love you know, that whole area. I've never been to Montana. Never been to Idaho. Never been to Washington. Never been, been to Oregon. I want to do all that. I want to do the whole Pacific Northwest and. 
that show. Uh, I have not really spent time there, but from a purely landscape viewpoint, uh, New Mexico. New Mexico is yes. kind of wild. That's a top destination for it's me. Like northern, a- northern New Mexico. <laughs> like, like Taos. Good old Bill Richardson. Uh, one yeah. thing people don't know is Remember that Bill? New Mexico yeah. doesn't have any senators, so you can do whatever you want out there. <laughs> what about fucking Rhode Island? Isn't that's a real state? Isn't that so hey, weird? Uh, well, I don't know about real. It's uh, I hear <laughs> two senators. <laughs> that means it's the realest, actually. It's those are the most bizarre. powerful people in the country. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's some good. That's some good falafel sandwiches in Providence, Rhode Island. That's all I it's remember. It's bigger than Vermont, population wise. <laughs> Is it really bigger than Vermont population wise? I think Vermont has like the same amount of people as the city of Detroit. What has this? No, maybe has, it's got a million. What state has what state has the smallest population? I think uh, it's Wyoming. Yeah, so Wyoming. So, and, so Wyoming. Are they called Wyomans? Or Wyomingians? Are they Wyo- Wyomingians or Wyomans? All right, this is dumb. <laughs> Good news, dude, yeah, move on. Wait, hold yeah, on. Yeah. The Vermont has six hundred and forty-three thousand people, which is like that basically is the population the of Detroit. Yeah, yeah. We get we got it's forty-nine. We got to snap back to the first uh, first email and the first question. First Wyoming question. is the least populous with five hundred and seventy-six. Oh, Eric's, Eric's people- all his prompts. Danny yeah. and our Danny is among seven hundred and thirty-three thousand three hundred and ninety other Alaskans. Wow, under a million. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, that whole state only has the same population as Detroit. That's Half crazy. of which are probably in Anchorage and the surrounding area. Wow, damn. That's, That's crazy. Amazing. That is crazy. I want to address the second part of his question though. He said state or country. You guys mentioned uh, Denmark. I would love to live in Australia. I want to check out Australia. I think it would be fun to oh, head Oh, yes. Yeah, New Zealand seems like I a paradise. I think New Zealand. Yes, maybe. yes. Maybe better. I would do it all. If I'm going to go yeah. that far, because I'll have to fly there, so I'll do the whole thing. Let's just do it all. Papa I New think Canada, New Zealand, I, I don't think the, the coronavirus ever went to New Zealand. I think they've had zero cases of coronavirus the whole time. <laughs> Nobody here wants to live in uh, Uganda or Russia or... You know, one of those um, great countries. Can I move to Gilead from Handmaid's Tale? Can I do that? Yeah, I've never seen Handmaid's Tale, but I know that ugly girl's in it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now. I, I, I like her. I like her. He's a Scientologist. Uh, I like a Scientologist, yeah. Matt's a big fan oh. of Scientologists. I'm just kidding, Elizabeth Moss. If you ever hear her this, back. I'm joking. I love you very much. Her what back, about- Tom Cruise. Matt, you got affinities, man. I've never been to uh, anywhere in Asia, so I can't really say anything about that. But I feel like Japan would be cool. But yeah, probably like is crowded out Fuck there. yes. Crowded. I want to go to Japan so bad. Japan That's would be actually... amazing. There's so much of this world to see we're never going to see. Oh, little, little fucking traveling dead. Wilburys here? I'm digging it. I'm just trying to dig into the traveling <laughs> uh, categorization. So the next one from Danny is, what impact will increasingly widespread cannabis use have an American culture. I'll tell you what. I got an immediate answer to this because I was at Mother's <laughs> Day the other day. Because I'm high as fuck, and I can tell you right now. I went to <laughs> I went to a Mother's Day, you know, typical family get together with people who all over the political spectrum. A couple of Trumpers, a couple of Black Lives Matter Democrat types, and 
the common denominator was everybody is now a recreational cannabis user, including my grandfather, including my uncle, including everyone. Yeah. Good for them. And it was something we all had in common. We don't even all have Jesus in common. It used to be, you know. That used to be a thing. You used to pray or whatever before the meal. That's why we pray. Pray on you. Wow. Yeah, it's it has that galvanizing uh, effect. Definitely, I, I see that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Triple words there. It's by probably way. it's probably helped. It, it's we're essentially getting to about half of learning exactly what it's going to do socially, right? Or maybe is that just because we're in Michigan and we can see it? And we see, I see that it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. I mean, you can just go get uh, recreational the, the, pot. It's good for the and billboard it's not industry. That big of a deal. Uh, I yeah, see a lot more billboards. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I saw a really good one the other day. It said, we'd love to meet you. W-E-E-D. We'd love to meet you. I thought that was clever. Wordplay. There's like four ways that sentence can go. You put a comma after that. I I saw I saw a, a, a billboard that was the most difficult to disagree with billboard I'd ever encountered, which is Madison Heights is better with cannabis. <laughs> I thought it, it should say yeah. Madison Heights and it should just be spelled like hi anyway, <laughs> maybe not yeah, that's, that's true words that statement's yeah. right there with uh, 2 plus 2 equals 4 <laughs> should it be, should, it should be a, a sculpture of Jesus uh, holding a cannabis plant it should just say get higher that's it just put that at the entrance going into Michigan from I-75 right on the Right after you pass that, like, you know, sunken Jesus, when you're going into Ohio, the one that makes oh, you yeah. depressed. Touchdown, the touchdown. Oh, yeah. The touch, yeah, the one that makes you depressed because it's like half a Jesus and is like, he looks like he's buried. The other, the going northbound, it should be just a Jesus holding a giant fucking cannabis plant. I used to live in Cincinnati. Smile. Yeah, drove by that thing every time going up and down 75. Oh, there it is. Oh. Every time. Where's that Jesus at? I, I don't know. It's if fucking I famous, it. man. It's 45 giant... minutes to an hour north of uh, Cincinnati, Dayton. Just north of Dayton, too. There should be memes about this huh. thing. I can't believe it's not like a more popular uh, uh, edifice. Well, you know what happened? Ridiculous. Lightning fucking struck it, so mm-hmm. they rebuilt it to make it even more intense than it was. So there were a lot of. Yeah, burned down. Yes. Mm, sure, they did not milk their congregants for that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though. We uh, back to the weed thing. Oh shit! I was going to change songs because we're going to Jesus. But all right, I'm good. Back to weed. <laughs> well, it's, just, it's just everywhere. I mean, like everybody is smoking weed all the time on the road. Like I, every time I'm in the car, I smell yes! weed. Coming from some other car. I went to a Kroger last week. I walked out front and there was just that is different. Wafts of weed coming out of the car right in the front parking lot of Kroger. Just Mm -hmm. weed everywhere. That's cool. They're getting ready to go shopping, man. It's it's grocery time, baby. You never want to shop high. You're gonna spend way too Mm -hmm. much. No, you want too much money. If you want to have fun later, if you want to be happy about everything you bought, what you do is you go high. Then, you, then you wake Thank up. You. Well, then you wake up. Then you wake up in the morning. And you're like, Jesus Christ! I got a fucking, I got Cheez-Its in here. Yeah. <laughs> I got a family-sized box of Cheez-Its. I'm the greatest person ever. You get very excited. Very exciting. Because then it's not your fault. It's your fault the day before. It's your previous 
this is previous you. Incredible now. Yesterday you. Yeah. yeah yesterday you did it. Way better consumer. So, you know. Definitely. What's that, John? People are way better consumers when they're high. Oh, okay, yeah. I think weed has become ubiquitous oh, in our culture now. It's just, it's just it's not even. There's no transgression to it whatsoever. Like, yeah. oh, you smoke weed, big fucking deal. No, we just transition. I mean, in Michigan, I know certain states are maybe never going to legalize it. States' rights, and you know, maybe right, if you right. don't want to be around weed heads, you go to Alabama or something. But we transition right into legalized weed in Michigan with no hiccup whatever the way i see it. i mean yeah. it's like, <laughs> well, no. well it feels like there's a bit of a hiccup right i mean still feels like this could be pulled away from us at any moment Boy, well i have no i have no idea how this is whether whether or not this is enshrined permanently well the federal government's the ultimate arbiter of exactly what happens here you know they could they could uh they could shut down the industry if they wanted to, I guess. But they didn't under Trump. I mean Nah, it's here. It's here a Republican. But then but then Biden fired like staffers for admitting that they smoked weed at some point in their oh. past on their applications to get a fucking job in Capitol Hill. Hey, but that doesn't have any implication for our use of marijuana. I know in but our state. <laughs> I don't think you mentioned Trump. You mentioned Trump, so I'm mentioning Biden. He seems to be the one that actually cares more about this. Okay. He actually cares a lot more about criminalizing shit. Well, I respect your opinion on these things, so yeah. I'm glad that we all answered this. You know, weed is weed, and people are going to smoke weed till the day they die, and I think it should be perfectly legal 24-7 all the damn time. And I hope, Danny, you got some good-ass Alaskan weed out there. And if you do, let me tell you right now, oh, my friend, got I got five on it. I got, I got five He's got, on it. Danny's got that permafrost Ooh. weed. Those That's northern lights. Guess. Those northern That's lights. Shit. Yeah, this northern is lights is perfect. Oh, That's... he's got real northern lights, and then he's got the permafrost. He's gr- they're growing. I remember when our friend, when we lived at the Rot House in '99 in Ann Arbor, and our friend Dave was on an obsessed quest to get northern lights because everybody talked about northern lights weed. He's like, dude, it's white, and we got to get it white weed. And he was on this quest for weeks, and he finally met this douchebag named Dennis, and he brought him over to the house, and he bought this outrageously priced white weed. Northern Lights, bro. And when you put it in a five-foot bong, it doesn't make a difference because it's no, just getting it's... torched. In an <laughs> well, it's just going to your brain no matter what. Exactly. It's, like, so it's what a question point? of how bad is the headache, you know? <laughs> yeah, and the harshness of your lungs after. It, it can be uh, painful. You're getting torched. You're like the fucking Statue of Liberty at that point. You're just... Speaking <laughs> of weed from the north, do you guys uh, remember a phenomenon called BC weed? No. British what? Columbia weed? Yeah. It was like, I don't know, we'll say circa 2004 to 7. It was like cheap mm. ass, like low grade chronic. It was like chronic brick weed <laughs> that May, supposedly sound, came from British Columbia. Vaguely familiar. Yeah, my waning years at Michigan State, possibly. Yeah. I heard that. Also known as Beasters. <laughs> I have that means something else, uh, according to Urban Dictionary. Hold on. <laughs> well, all I want to know is uh, real simple. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. Was it worth it? <laughs> I never smoked it. Well, let's get to Danny's last one here, because uh, I got to go soon. So what is the most Michigan thing about you? 
Thanks, dudes. Danny Bennett. Damn. Our, our diets. <laughs> no, that's American. Come on. You're probably right. Actually, I would say my... Okay, most Michigan thing. That's... All right. I might run afoul of some Michiganders here, but... <gasps> I... Honestly, for me, it is... Like, when I moved to New York, it was kind of my lack of political identity in any way whatsoever. I just never felt... Um, I never felt Republican. I never felt Democrat. You know, maybe at different times, a little more. I never, never Republican. You know what I mean? I just, uh, I just always felt like it was all bullshit. And I think a lot of people in Michigan have that same experience. That like this entire thing is bullshit. We all know that. Yet we're always, you know, kind of in the crosshairs when it comes to uh, political seasons and you know overall punditry and all that bullshit. But. That was, I think, uh, the probably most Michigan thing about me. It's like, I just felt like I could blend into just about any crowd. I never really had to, I didn't have to pose. I didn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I never felt like yeah, a poser. Good. I feel like a that's lot a, of people yeah, feel like posers. Posers. So Michigan, yeah, Michigan doesn't pose. I don't <laughs> think so, man. I think, uh, I think beyond, Nothing I think better it. than most places. We don't. I'm trying to answer this question by asking myself, why do I get all Michigan proud when I leave the state or when I move out of the state? Why do I feel the need to rock my Detroit Tigers sweatshirt and shit like that? Is there something about it or is it just, uh, you know, is it just because I'm from here? I don't I don't know what it is about specific. That's a damn good question. And one I don't think about very often. It's not like up north is cool. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> I never acted like that when I lived in other states. I was like, yeah, that place is a dump. <laughs> oh yeah, see, I, I like was... Michigan more when I'm not in Michigan. Right. Yeah, I never had that feeling. It was the opposite. Well, it's, it's it's probably more about like giving yourself a sense of place when you're in a different place. It's not uh, somewhere you're familiar with. It, well, it, it gives you it. it gives you like a not just representation. You're not just representing or repping for Michigan. It's not like you love Michigan so much. It might be more about like it's it's like establishing that you are, you know, you're you're grounded in in some place, but you're not from where you are. You know, let's say visiting. When I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. I got my Detroit hat on the entire time. I did in South Carolina and. It's kind of an interesting question. Why would I need to even have that? I could have a, a blank hat on, but it's, I don't know, maybe in a weird way, I want people to know I'm not from town. I am from out of town. So there's also that too. Well, it's definitely everyone, a dynamic involved. I think the disparity between, you know, Detroit getting shit on maybe like who Detroiters are, Michiganders are versus what is said about them. Maybe that disparity is a little wider than other places. When someone's from phoenix you don't really give a shit when someone's from san diego (laughs) or denver you're like okay cool no one cares but when Mm. you're from detroit people have opinions about what detroit is or what a detroit or a michigander is and i guess it's sort of i want to show them that normal educated people are from fucking michigan like hey i don't know what'd you hear about detroit do i cohere with your idea of what <laughs> someone who lives in detroit is <laughs> my whiteness not my whiteness not with minds. <laughs> you're just blowing minds 
So isn't the obvious answer to this question that Luke and I are both in basements right now? (laughs) 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 Maybe. I don't know. That's a pretty Michigan thing. I feel like uh, hanging out in the basement. Hanging out in the basement. Do man man caves exist in other states or do they have to be subterranean? (laughs) Good question. Well, I think... I think they probably need to be subterranean. Every time I see one that's like in an attic space, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a man cave, but it's not really a man cave. It's not a cave. Yeah. I was never curious about. I was actually no, I was curious about how people could have so much pride about being from Michigan. I never understood it. I never had it. They'd be like, yeah, you know, no matter where I was. Well, yeah, people are proud about being from anywhere. I think. Well, I think Scott right. Nettle, well, though, when he said when he said that, like, it's there. There's a obvious perception that we're well aware of that others really they either think that detroit is like you know a hard-ass place and you want to be from detroit so you can like prove your street cred in some dumb way those are the worst people in the world the ones in new york that act like they're from detroit but really they're from gross point or Grozeal or some bullshit like that i moved to new york when they were like 22. yeah i met everybody i met in new york city manhattan uh, brooklyn whatever who said they were like from detroit and you dig just a little bit further, you find out they are just, they are from, they're from Gross Point, they're from Gross Eel. Uh-huh. Um, and See, they're, the, they're the from places that are that, with Gross in the name. Right. Well, the fact, <laughs> we that, the, fact that, the fact that you're aware that other people might be thinking something about you actually makes it more important for you to kind of stand your ground. You know, I hate the uh, stand your ground law idea, but uh, you're kind of standing your ground, you know, rep the... You might be repping for, uh, might be a classist uh, thing, you know, in a way for me. That Detroit, that Detroit hat feels like um, feels like it matters. Detroit hat is cool. It's always going to be cool. The English D is tight as fuck. No doubt about that. Well, Ice Cube repped it in 1991. Boys John in the Hood. Singleton's Boys in the Hood. That's right. <laughs> uh, John Singleton did a movie about Detroit people. The Four Brothers was John Singleton. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I forgot about that movie. It was. Oh, I didn't know it was him. That's right. With a bunch of massholes playing Detroit guys. <laughs> yeah, of course. It was actually yeah. filmed outside exactly. of Detroit, of course. But, yeah. You know, that's how it goes. And, you know, Detroit is a world-significant city. More than like, other do you places. Do you have to go exactly at 8.30? Yeah, I mean, a couple do minutes. Do you have another pod so. gone? No, I I got homework I got to do. Well, you got homework you want to do? You guys could right, we'll, rock out, man. You guys should stay uh, on. You guys got a lot of good re- conversation going on here. Can you, can, you, uh, can you give us Eric's first two questions again sure can you copy and paste them into the chat because i could literally look at the gmail you can wait i'm in actually i forgot i'm in the gmail i'm in the gmail yeah i'm uh i'm gonna turn it over to you guys keep the conversation going i will say this i have a strong affinity for busting detroit myths i will say that i hate the detroit myths across the country about it's a dump and you know the people there there's real people here and i Well, I mean, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It, no, it's not. It, it is a myth too, but like, it's not right there. Yeah. It is sh- totally. We know the truth of Detroit. We don't have to debate it. But when other people say like, there's nothing going on there, or if it's hopeless, I guess that bothers me a little bit. I I would like there to be more hope involved, but I don't really get pissed if people say it's a dump because it did it to itself. The politicians mm-hmm. destroyed this place, really, for the most part. Or the scumbags who are friends of politicians who have the opportunities to suck off the teat of power, right? Whoever it is. <laughs> either way. Yeah. I don't, by the way, we don't think we ever talked about the fact that uh, Kwame got out of jail on this show, did we? We oh, were recording true. back then. Yeah. We never talked about that. You did not that. get out of jail on this show. 
Yes, he did. No, he just got out of jail. Oh. I need well, to hear while the show existed is what I meant. Sorry. I need to hear the, y'all done set me up for a comeback. <laughs> that's the clip I one. need to hear from Kwame. I'm putting it on oh, the Mike, list what are we right going to do without and, me, and Not only did Kwame get out, but Bobby got out. Bobby's yeah, out. Yeah, Bobby Ferguson's out. Yep. Uh, Luke, the answer to that is you'll guys have a better conversation without my constant interruptions. So, so I leave it to you guys. Unsure. Enjoy the rest of the show. We need the drop. Danny! Whoopsie daisy! <laughs> Danny, thank you so much for the uh, email. And thank you to Eric. Whoopsie daisy! I do appreciate that. So, you guys enjoy the conversation, and uh, I'll edit this later. Thank you. See you, Mike. Yeah, just keep it rolling. See Bye! Bye, Michael. <laughs> Sheesh. Thank God he's gone. <laughs> what a good uh, I feel like uh, some. I, I always have to say that this is the dumbest, you know, dad joke ever. All right, a, you guys. Go, sorry, Matt. Go ahead. Uh, there's a bar in Washington D.C. called Ivy and Coney. Has anyone been there? No. It's like a chi Chicago Detroit theme bar, uh, but it, it's actually very well done. It like feels like a bar you'd go to in Detroit, because uh, nice. it's it's pretty shitty, and it looks like it's like, you know, doesn't have a certificate of occupancy when you're in there. <laughs> but you can get a Coney dog yeah. and a Strohs. There's no help. The health department has no presence anywhere in that whole place. There are no grades on the wall. There's no refrigerator with a proud grade, fucking tattooed to it. Well. What it, it is, really? it is an uh, unpretentious cash only bar specializing in snacks, <laughs> beer, and sports. Cash only. <laughs> it might not even have a business license. Yeah, listen, I just went to the website and the fucking tagline on the website is weeding out DC's week since 2014. <laughs> Jesus. Which I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's great about it is. Uh, when you walk in, there's like a picture of Kwame framed at the top of the stairs and it's like fake sign. And it's like, thanks for hooking my boy Bobby up with those contracts. <laughs> so this is this is ostensibly started by Chicagoans and or. Yeah. Yes, both, I think. I definitely uh, assume that this was like a place where you like eat a coney and then get an IV put in one arm. This so <laughs> just puke and rally, keep it going. I don't know. I got a buddy who's from here who lives in DC, and he at the time when I visited him last, which was probably like 2017, he lived pretty close to this place. And I was like in town for something else. I was like there for a work thing, and I. He took me there one night and I went back two nights in a row because I love this place so much. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, this like I'm not gonna try any other shit. I'm just gonna go to this bar. You don't need to bother, <laughs> where I, man. If where you I find can, like, go, one, just stick with it. I can go drink alone and eat a Coney dog and watch a tiger scene. <laughs> like, <laughs> Absolutely right. Absolutely. Why would you want that to be any different? That's perfect. There was, How was bar, the company though. Yeah. It was good, actually. It was good. Like Dude, they uh, looks like they do a, a legit Chicago style dog, you know, they, which isn't like full bullshit. Looks good, um, you know. Looks like they do a legit coney. I go by looks only. If the coney looks good, <laughs> it's all all aesthetic. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's. Uh, I vouch for it. Anyone in any of our listeners in 
in the district to stop by Ivy <laughs> Coney, one five three seven Seventh Street Southwest uh, Northwest. <laughs> Dude, there's an awesome picture of Harry Carey right by the ATM with this giant Harry Carey head. <laughs> it looks like he's screaming. I mean, look at the outside of this bar, too. It ha- so oh, of great. course, it has an old-style like sign, too. It does look like a Hamtramck bar. Damn. They brought that vibe right to D.C. That's awesome. This is what I would expect in in Detroit. Those wings look all right. I mean, dude, hey, come on. A fucking Chicago dog, though. That shit's, that shit's dumb as hell. Weak. Tomato, just weak-ass uh, tomatoes. Tomatoes on a fucking hot dog. Get out of my face. I would eat one right now. I would eat one right now, but. Uh, hey, listen, man. You never had a good one, I don't think. Yeah, I did. I had the best one. I actually had one that I kind of liked in Chicago. Oh, I forget what the fuck the name was. It was, dude. It was fine. It's just impossible. It's impossible to be just, just dredge chili, onions, mustard. Can't beat that. It's perfect. What are we going? By the way, we need to. By the way, we need to get baseball tickets, and we need to get Coney's. Preferably oh, the same evening. Absolutely, that is absolutely what's happening when we do that. That's the stuff. most. That's the most yeah. Michigan thing about me is just supporting underperforming sports organizations. Oh. That's that's the <laughs> Michigan. That's the way. Yeah, the way go, go, the go Spartans. Go Tigers. like living at a like being a being adherent to a memory of something that you actually were too young to remember or weren't born for. There we go. Now we're dialing in. That's a Detroit. That's a Detroit sports thing. Like just this lauding of these burned out, dead ass athletes or figures, local figures that no, they just need to go die a peaceful death. But we can't fucking let it happen in the city. We just have hero worship for people and athletes that probably just weren't as great as we're making them out to be. That's pretty fucking. That's pure Michigan. Uh, you know, the only the only pure state in that way has got to be Pennsylvania, right? I mean, it's it's us and the it's us and the Pittsburgh fans. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, mean, and then they all, beat us. Together, and then they beat us in the, this, you know. But, they beat uh, us in the Stanley Cup. I know. I, yeah. Well, see, I don't care about hockey, God. so but that was rough. Uh, I do. That was rough. I actually watched yeah. that. I watched that game with a different friend of mine who is a Pittsburgh fan from Pittsburgh. And uh, yeah, there was just no talking after that. We just uh, kept <laughs> kept drinking. I think we kept drinking. I think it kind of erupted in violence later on in the evening. It's not like vicious. It was just like you punched me in the stomach. And I was like, <laughs> you won, man. Why'd you punch me? One of those is weird. It was like roles were reversed. He was pissed that I was pissed. And so he punched me. By the way, I just posted that picture of Kirk Gibson in the chat. And oh. is that not the greatest Detroit sports photo ever taken? Yeah, definitely. You can watch you can you can look at that and just ruminate on it while you have your dick in your hands at Nemo's. Yeah, well while I'm like waiting on a <laughs> waiting on the guy cooking me a burger at Nemo's while the Tigers are down six three and you know <laughs> and the <laughs> I'll, I'll bring up bass, me, um, blast from the past, but Andy Ball Sanchez is just getting lit up on the mound, you know, and Brad Osmus <laughs> is like just got his hand in his face. And we just just thinking about just thinking about Kurt and the top of the eighth as our bullpen's about to come in and 
butcher a fucking game, an important game for us. Uh, the crazy thing right now is we actually have a good bullpen. We just can't. We don't have any hitters. We don't have any bats. <laughs> Christ. Wow. You know what, what about that? The Maglio Ordonius home run. That's one I get a little juicy. Oh over. man, I, I. You know what? And and that was a bridesmaid season, nonetheless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in Bo- That was a Michigan thing that I fucking. That was a moment for me where I was I was in Boston, Massachusetts during that game when Maglio hit the home run. With a bunch of guys from Detroit, and we fucking went nuts in the streets. We were running around because we just watched the game, and of course, everybody was psyched because they fucking hate the Yankees. So it was actually a lot of fun to be there at the time, being a Tigers fan, because like everybody in Boston was a Tigers fan that night. <laughs> it's it's yeah. That's, Scott sent the wrong uh, clip then because he sent the Oakland clip. Is that the Oakland? Oakland? That was the one from yeah, Oakland, that was, but Mag, Mag that was did the, the same thing, though. He did the same thing, and I was watching that game in New York City at, like, the uh, supposed, you know, there's, like, five bars in New York that are all the oldest bar in New York, so who the fuck knows? <laughs> um, so I was at the oldest bar in New York, one of them, and I was surrounded Wait, which one? by Yankee hats. The uh, one from 2006. The no, which bar? bar? Was, I'll find it. Um, was it Keens, was it? No, it was not. See, I've never even heard of that one. Is that also the oldest bar in New York? It wasn't McSorley's, was it? No, it was not McSorley's. I'll find it. Those are my two old bars that I like in New York. Yeah, no, McSorley's <laughs> is definitely one of them. McSorley's is one that has like the the, the stool that like fucking Abraham Lincoln yeah. stood on. Old Town Bar. Okay. Yeah, it was Old Town Bar. That's on the list for my not next just year. a clever. Where is that a clever name? Uh, right in Midtown, roughly. Uh, Give me some cross streets. Uh, flat, flat Iron District, so Broadway and 17th, it looks like. Okay. Yeah, Broadway and, yeah, it's right next to Gramercy Tavern. There's also uh, Pete's Tavern, which is very close to this area. Uh, Pete's Tavern is also the other oldest bar in New York. Anyhow, check check it out. But I was there surrounded by a sea of people in, like, Yankee hats, and uh, that series watching that series I, I went back to that bar every single day and watched the watch that series and we fucking waxed them and awesome. it was so great but the yankees were kind of a shell of their former selves at that moment it wasn't as thrilling but it, we've we've owned the yankees. because these people got they were getting like uh they were, they were bizarrely like belligerent about oh. about it you know me wearing the tiger hat someone was like take that fucking hat off you know i, I almost got into it I mean, I wouldn't have. I just would have left. But <laughs> either way, that's no shit. You know, that's what that's what we need fucking poison darts for. That don't kill I'm people. They just prove. neutralize them. Yeah, I'm not trying so I'm to not prove how take many my hands I have in my body. I don't want to fight you. I just want to subdue you very quickly. Yeah. Go to sleep. Shut the hell up. I'll wear whatever the fucking hand I want. Okay, wait. Uh, before we get like off on too much of a tangent, do we want to go back to some other questions here? Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, so I, I liked this one. Uh, this is the second question from our man, uh, Eric's email. Philosophies that have helped you in life. And why? No, he Nihil- didn't say that, but I did because I want to be a teacher. Because <laughs> <laughs> I believe in nothing. <laughs> Uh, stoicism is my latest kick. Yeah, it's yeah. a kick. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that, Matt, for sure. It's hot. It's hot right now. It does make me wonder um, if you know if philosophies are as 
you know, interchangeable or as, you know, transmutable as anything else. So, all right, your, your, your sports team, that, that doesn't change. That's immutable. You live your whole life, you're going to be a Tigers fan. You're never going to be a Boston Red Sox fan. Not first, anyways. Philosophies are interesting because that would be something you would think is much more fundamental to your actual life. <laughs> but yeah, you would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but sto- stoicism is a good kick you're on. Uh, do you just find it interesting, Matt, or do you find it something that you apply and is worth your time in the application of you know said uh, said philosophy? Uh, I can't claim to be an expert here because like it's not like I'm. You know, I haven't done Seneca or any of the other. The, the question, the question is uh, philosophies that helped you in life. That's it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. I'm not asking for a fucking treatise. Uh, I'm just, I'm just yeah. wondering. Like, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you pull out of uh, Stoicism that you like? Uh, in some ways, it's just a an acceptance of the way things are and having peace with it. You are consistent, and that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, because it takes I agree with you in that it it kind of just spits in the face of being willful. And there's a lot about willfulness that actually really bothers me, like willful people and just to me, the, the definition of willful to me often includes just uh, absolute like disregard for the fact that things are often as they are and you have little to no control over it. So being willful is almost in a, to a degree like purposeless. Yeah. Like I used to be more attracted to the, you know, the beyond good and evil, the will to power, the Nietzsche thing. But I find that, like you said, Scott, like less interesting. It's just and to not be to I, not be sorry to interrupt to not be willful is to not it's not like fatalism it, it's it, those not to conflate those two things it's not to say you know you just shouldn't do anything because nothing matters it's just more from the acceptance angle of it that I appreciate stoicism and internalizing how things are and kind of living in accordance with it. For the most part, unless you see something very human that is terrible, I don't think I'm not saying you should have to. We should just have to live with racism because that's just the way it is. That doesn't I'm not including those kind of discussions in my definition of that or my understanding of it. Yeah, the other cool thing about particularly meditations, it's like nothing we're experiences is really that bad. Nothing we experience, we are experiencing is really that bad. It could always be worse. <laughs> it could always be worse. And you can appreciate the moment at any time. You know, anytime you're even in a, a situation where you're imprisoned or whatever, you can still find beauty in a moment. Don't we feel that that, that type of the type of like point of view is more I don't know, kind of more hinged on something like tolerating an unjust world uh so basically just tolerance the it, the whole the burden the burden of you know subjectivity being sp- like specifically only on you as an individual to kind of 
bear the suffering uh, without displaying any feelings or emotions, uh, given your own, uh, regardless of the fact that you are part of uh, a social social environment, uh, social species, uh, a political organism that should not be kind of leaving you out in the cold. I mean, yeah, you can be happy in prison, I suppose, but isn't that saying that you have to do kind of a lot of work on your own as an individual to either just accept your, accept your confines, accept your situation, and then stoically, uh, stoically survive that by not, uh, you know, having, by not giving into your baser elements, becoming too emotional, mm. becoming too weak. I mean, this is, is, is basically what stoicism would say. That's a great example. You're in prison. I mean, what if you were unjustly put in prison? Should you be stoic? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, there is no, there is no room for regret in the stoic lifestyle. There is, That's you have the correct. moment, and that is what you have. Uh, like Scott says, it's not fatalism in the sense that, like, you're not. You know, it's it's more of a seize the day mentality than it is anything else. It's like, how do I make the most of the situation I find myself in? First, by recognizing the situation I'm in as a unique and special moment, regardless of the circumstances. Like, you know, like in the meditations, one of the things that stuck out with me is like, he's like, he talks about like getting up in the morning and how we often treat that as a drudgery. But really, it's the greatest gift we have is to be able to wake up and crawl out of bed. <laughs> And a luxury I mean, that's, that's, isn't that isn't that kind of isn't that kind of the same thing as saying like you know I, I'm alive so you know life is good. I mean, I guess there is a life not worth living at some point. You know, being tortured every day or a certain amount of suffering can tip the balance, probably. Where life is not worth. Living. I'm not saying that waking up with a good attitude isn't like the right thing to do or a better thing to do than waking up with a bad attitude. However, you want to define that. <clears throat> We'd have to get into something akin to like meta ethics to even really have uh, this uh, this conversation at a. I'll at give you level. an example of of what you raised about imprisonment and changing the world. I mean, I think Nelson Mandela is the great example here, and the, his fellow prisoners on Robben Island. You know, they they made the most of their imprisonment. And then, I mean, well, you know, Mandela for certain changed the world. And and there they found the pleasures in what they had. You know, they had Shakespeare, the Robin Island Bible. That's that's Robin Island Bible. Which I is what swear they to God, I thought you said Robinette Bible and I <laughs> almost lost it. I, I don't know what that I is. Was so yeah, I was so close. The Joseph Robinette Bible. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, the Robin <laughs> Island Bible was a copy of Shakespeare that they had. The, the yeah. first folio or whatever. Um, so anyway, I guess, you know, it's it's I think it's the most applied philosophy I, to, to make it. It would to be because it's, go the back most, to the it's the most in agreement. It's probably the most in agreement with the you know overall kind of status quo in the social order. So it makes sense. The more Stoics you have, the uh, less um, less uprisings you have. The the less you know organized groups of you know dissidents you'll have because Stoicism tells everybody to um, be happy with what you got. 
you know, be quiet. Uh, don't, um, don't respond to your own emotions. It does. It, I don't think that's uh, true John, at all. John, what about you? And have you had any, uh, philosophical, uh, adventures lately where you feel like there's been some reading or some kind of school of thought that's yeah, I mean, you know, if we're talking about your life or help, help larger philosophical ideas, it's funny. Like to to your to circle back to your point about, I am more apt and prone to change my beliefs, my philosophical beliefs, my personal philosophy, my my Weltanschauung, if you will, <laughs> is is a uh, elastic. Yeah. It, it changes. I incorporate things. I spit yeah. things out. When you're 21 and you're reading Camus. And you're mm-hmm. just like way too far into the existential rabbit hole. You re- you you grow past that, and you say, "I'm going to take these things from existentialism and ditch the rest and move on." And you know, that's like I'm not going to live. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for Matt, but I find stoicism fascinating since that's the one we're on right now. But I'll take what I want from it, just like I can take teachings from Jesus and take them at face value and just say, huh, that's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like on surface, that's an interesting way to live. I mean, I, I don't know. I sort of, I find it, I find anything dogmatic once you, if you just adhere to one thing uh, that I, yeah, that I worries agree. me. You guys know where I'm at. I'm like a bunch of people agreeing with something <laughs> and then falling into the cult of belief and, <laughs> Okay, I, yeah, this has got everything I want. Like these, these religions or these I... bodies of thought have everything for me. I just don't. I've never seen that. I mean, I. You would have been the most martyred guy in history. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I live my life in accordance to just like cherry picking ideas from different philosophies. Uh, right now, I mean, shit. I don't know. I try to live maybe by like maxims. In in the social media, I can think this is you this know could a just lot be, to this, chew on. This literally, just in real be that, that helped you <laughs> yeah. out, you know. Yeah, in real time, this is a ton to chew on. I would like to get into it more, but I, especially in social media world, this is has been effective. We are declining rapidly, I believe, in society, and social media has a lot to do with it. And we've been over those pitfalls. But I, what I've seen for years since I've been a conscious being is this, uh, this desire for human beings to tell stories about things they have no fucking clue about, about other people, about other ideas. When we don't know, we get anxious and what makes us feel more comfortable is telling stories. And so a philosophy, a certain tidbit that I've tried to live by is don't get in the business of telling stories. And if you are going to tell stories, try to tell yourself a nicer one, a gentler one, a sunnier one, a rosier one. And that's not, again, that's not to say lie to yourself, but you know, don't fucking tell stories about shit that you don't have any idea about. And if you're going to start with, please start with a, an innocent until proven guilty approach to it. Like <laughs> we're trying to fucking crucify everyone in society today for every little thing. And I don't know that that's productive. I 
try to live in accordance to like thwarting that trend because it's getting way out of control. And Matt, I uh, <clears throat> kind of spun that around a little bit. Do you have like a finishing thought on what you're talking about with uh, stoicism? And uh, I agree with uh, Scott. You know, what kind of like lessons? I don't know. Just it, this is literally a question is like, what's helped you out? You know? Yeah, I think uh, I'm not saying that stoicism does not help you out. I went through a sto like a stoic phase, too. I think uh, the the I won't say fatalism, but the, the acknowledgement that, yeah, we're all destined to die. And that's the <laughs> end of us. There's actually a lot of comfort in it. Um, yeah, there like there's passages in religious where he's like Alexander, Socrates, you know, uh, Augustus mm. dead. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's it. That's comforting. We all, we're all gonna, we're all gonna die. And that's, I think that's, a, that's an interesting sentiment because stoicism is kind of at its core, a, you know, philosophy of, you know, individualism, individual fortitude, but like the, the real, uh, the real comfort comes in the, solidarity and the acknowledgement that we all have this collective and you know the, the yeah. salvation the salvation is actually achieved through the the social collective even and, though the philosophy itself uh the, all the burdens of the philosophy itself are put on the individual i think uh the ancients were concerned more with the applied like philosophy was an active pursuit Sure, because it comes mostly out of like mathematics and logic, and then you and ethics. Yeah, ethics and is like uh, but ethics is your first ethics and religion, I guess, are your first versions. But ethics probably precedes religion. Like I think you know the big the big books that I've read lately that have been really good are Nicomachean Ethics, Aristotle, and mm -hmm. um, and uh, Meditations. Those have been great. So this is a good this would be a good dovetail to try to liven this up a little bit, like. You have, you guys both referenced uh, existentialism, or Scott did explicitly. Matt, I think you kind of mentioned relativism, but you know, usually those two things are kind of grouped, paired together. Um, the reason that you know that kind of stands out for you guys is something that you don't you don't follow, or is not useful to you, or maybe only was useful to you during some form of like your development or some part of your development as you were getting older. And then all of a sudden you decided to eschew it, get rid of it. I mean, we all pick and choose out of philosophy. I'm not saying I, the one thing I, the thing that I used to bristle at the most was moral theory because it was like every moral theory, you know, if you're Kantian or whatever has to be a universalizable principle and you know, it's just how, how useless is this? You can't just keep going through life looking for universalizable principles. There has to be very, very specific applications for those types of uh, that type of method or that type of thought. So, you know, r running your whole life that way is going to be a, you're a fucking bore and I don't want to hang out with you anyway. So go fuck off. <laughs> but, you know, having a sense of existentialism, you know, uh, Matt, you mentioned Nietzsche. Like, what would be the? Yeah, I don't know. What's the kind of animating details there? What are the things I, that uh, you think about when you think of that? I feel like those are more individualistic. That's a more individualistic philosophy. Um, you know, I find 
I don't know. Uh, it's been a long oh, time. We're not necessarily I'm... talking about individualism either. Well, this is not a this dude. We're not philosophers. Um, no. Well, <laughs> but we not, are. I am not putting somebody on the. You know, I'm not putting you in the in the crosshairs here. Telling yeah, you yeah, but, I, but to an extent, I think it's important. That, but, uh, like, yeah, okay, we actually, so we actually all are right. We all have. We all. That's the. Did you? Life is about. It is true. And what did you get out of Nietzsche, or what didn't you get out of Nietzsche, or what did you like rebel against, or what did you hate? Um, I don't. I don't think I hate anything about it per se. I mean, I, I liked it a lot. I, you know, I haven't read everything. I the I I found the first one, the Birth of Tragedy, was really interesting. Uh, but it's like a difficult read, but the rest is like aphorisms. It's kind of like beyond good and evil and Zarathustra are just sort of aphoristic and you can find a lot of cool stuff in those aphorisms, just like Marcus. Uh, yeah. Just like Marcus Aurelius. Aurelius. Um, and I think a well-written aphorism is like awesome thing, you know, and there's, <laughs> you can find truth in them, a well, but well-written aphorism. I mean, yeah, well, there's bad aphorisms too, right? There's, there's I know, un- yeah, of course. Alan uh, Nietzsche has plenty. He uh, he does, but he's on, on balance. I think he's got really good, you know, really good sound bites. Yeah, he would have like been a great, been great in the world. He's one of them. He would have been great uh, in the Twitter age, you know. He would have been the ultimate god in the Twitter to Twitter sphere. There's probably some Twitter account that's just you'd like be like aphorisms. Uh, <laughs> you just say something like, uh, "Wow, it's a great weather today," and he's like, "God is dead, and you've killed him." Fuck, <laughs> it's intense. I'm just looking. At you know what? Maybe there's like a an at Nietzsche account on Twitter. Oh, as there is, yeah. I've stumbled across right. that. All right, so I'll just say I'll just say I've I was burying the lead a little bit, I guess, uh, from my point of view. Like I, you know, uh, for me, existentialism is what uh, completely changed my life, and I don't think I've ever abandoned really any of the tenets from existentialism. I find them to be, you know, Scott, you're talking about how elastic your kind of philosophical, uh, you know, point of view can be, and. I think that's an important thing. I think that's good, actually, for it to be fairly elastic. I think when everything you read becomes universal, universalistic, or like you said, dogmatic, uh, you really start running out of runway. <laughs> you know, you really start losing ground mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, dealing with, let's say, a, a new type of uh, situation where the prior tenants no longer apply. You know, existentialism uh, taught taught me. I think uh, I started off in philosophy pretty young, and I think that was that coincided roughly with my rebellion against uh, religion. Probably a few years after I started really rebelling against religion, and so existentialism and religion actually share. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually it's a pretty fundamental like uh, you know context for competing ideas because existentialism says that you know uh existence precedes essence and religion is essence precedes existence so you know your life is predetermined god is all powerful everywhere you know infinite etc etc whereas you know existence preceding essence means okay you're born into this world uh you have no meaning your world is meaningless uh meaning is established through the effort applied by uh you and to matt's point yeah that is in a way an individualist an individualistic 
uh, philosophy in general. But it is empowering and it also does rely on the knowledge that everybody's in the same boat and through like there are many, many, many iterations of existential thought, but people like Camus, people like Sartre, even uh, Heidegger is probably more on the individualistic side, which leans more fascist. Uh, Nietzsche was never a fascist. That was all um, completely, his work was stolen by his sister and used by the Nazi party. So, you know, that on another episode, maybe. But uh, that that idea was super appealing to me, especially at a time when I was constantly in debates with people about religion and trying to not just prove I was right to others, but, you know, kind of prove the value of my life, knowing that I didn't believe in God, because I was constantly being mm -hmm. questioned about where did my morality come from? Where does my morality come from? Like, how do I have ethics? Why am I not going to hell? And I didn't grow up with a family that thought about these things. And so yeah, I had to think about them on my own. And I was constantly engaged in these types of, uh, this type of argument. And so to answer Eric's question, yeah. existentialism, <laughs> existentialism and, and Nietzsche in particular and Kierkegaard, there was Nietzsche, Kierkegaard and uh, Sartre and Camus. That was the, you know, Nietzsche, Kierkegaard and Sartre were the Holy Trinity for me. And mm -hmm. uh, Camus was, was right there on, on the edge. Camus was in the car. I mean, it was a four-seater. Uh, <laughs> before, before he got in a car accident in real life and died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I used to, um, you know, for me, it was, I always felt like I could apply existentialism. And that seems like a weird thing to say. I mean, obviously, that's like the worst person at every party. <laughs> Somebody tells you like, oh, I don't think I can apply existentialism to my life. Uh, yeah, but, you know, one of Sartre's, one of my favorite things from Sartre is, you know, the, the whole idea behind being in nothingness and, and the idea of like uh, authenticity and sincerity. And, you know, you can struggle as much as you want. You can constantly try to be sincere. You never can quite get there because sincerity always has uh, a downside you know and there's always the downside is transcendence and that transcendence is based on the fact that everything you say is usually attempting to achieve some form of understanding from the other person thus transcending the facts of the matter and then creating a transcendent uh kind of you know endpoints so these are there are so many like interesting concepts in existentialism, and I think it, it kind of gets reduced to relativism all the time. Uh, it definitely gets reduced to relativism when it comes to from the point of view of moral theorists who are often coming from stoicism. And I always felt that that was when we talk about dogmatic, uh, dogmatic theories or dogmatic philosophies, that is the most dogmatic set of traditions is moral theory doesn't mean that moral theory is is wrong but you know i do believe that we should be able to pick and choose uh but you do need to be able to argue for it and if you can't if you can't fucking tell me yeah. why then it is relative because the relativism comes from the fact that you can't explain it i i'll echo your sentiment existentialism was like my first love right like talking about her 
first kiss. Like I remember my first philosophical. Uh, yes, I remember my exist- first philosophical it, book. <laughs> it was it was existentialism. I think I gravitated. I gravitated toward like the absurd, the absurdist tenet, like mm-hmm. the idea that the meaning of life is the meaning we project onto it. It has no inherent meaning. Things aren't predestined. You know, like life is, I don't know. I, I don't want to like, I want to avoid a cliche, but the tenant of it's of absurdism is the one about existentialism that I really gravitated towards. And despite not ever having to deal with religion in a household, I, I rejected it. And I think that existentialism provided the first, my first cogent like answer that I could give to someone who is just, you know, all about that God life to kind of as a retort <laughs> for where I was at. I was certainly more in that realm. And to bring in politics, I, I, I it always offended me that something like religion could shape our politics and policy. And, you know, we still, it's 2021 and we still have what are ostensibly religious debates about fucking abortion rights and crap like that. Not to completely derail the whole train here, but what I like about philosophy (laughs) is just searching the search the exploration, knowledge. I mean, that's a stoicism thing, right? Like knowledge is the highest good, like the virtue and the highest good is the pursuit of knowledge. And so, you know, I mean, where's the knowledge party candidate? That's the politician I want. I mean, maybe, maybe not though. I mean, maybe the the politics candidate that gets the, the most good for the most people, uh, you know, the knowledge candidate might be Andrew Yang as far as we know. Oh, uh, utilitarianism is the other one that I would say. Yeah, that's Bentham. Yeah, has been. Uh, I haven't read Bentham other than other than through others, but uh, Mill. You know, the, the beauty of utilitarianism is like you can. That is something you can almost conceptualize without having ever read any of this shit. You can just say, you can just say, what are we trying to maximize, and is that better than looking at some other form of universal principle? Yeah, like and greater, I think like some form of good that is undefined. I mean, utilitarianism requires that you define the good. So what's think, the good? Is it pleasure? Is it happiness? Those are harder, but then is it food? Shelter? I think, I think Mill and Bentham hold up better than anybody on the big issues that, that a lot of people were wrong about. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the liberation of women or... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basic religious freedom, freedom of re- freedom from religion. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the basic the uh, basic elements there, like to that, you know, that thought is it has to be it has to be like kind of grounded in something, right? So if you're thinking about like the the greater good or you th- how to maximize the most amount of um, utils, you know, u- utiles or utils uh, for the most amount of people. You got to define what that is, and that often is something economic, which by definition makes it something secular. And so it's so much easier to understand. And of course, it it holds up, it must hold up better in a situation where the world has, uh, you know, realistic context 
and those things are actually achievable. I think at that point, I think that actually it gives me an idea that like, you know, basically that is why people like me get pissed off is like all this stuff is doable. It's achievable yet. Nobody is fucking pushing for it. You know, all the things that let's say progressives want people on the left want whatever people in general need those things are there and possible. We've actually built an economy big enough and powerful enough to provide all of these benefits to literally everybody across the whole planet. Yet there's, there is no one doing it, but if you're a utilitarian, you wouldn't end up being, uh, you wouldn't just be a, a Democrat. You would have to be, you would have to be a leftist or you'd have to be, a, a, a far left progressive. Uh, well, and there's weird crossover I, with certain elements of the right. There's libertarianism, which it, you know, it's not just that's freedom from that's freedom from everything. <laughs> but I'm not saying in its purest form. But I'm saying about certain certain things, like a lot of what's important in Mill is uh, it's not just about providing for people for the greatest good. It's about removing certain restrictions on people yeah, that but we've are not to just. A point now, but we've gotten to a point now where we have hundreds of years of data and hundreds of years of human behavior that we can incorporate into the picture. We don't need to look at, we don't need to look at something written by John Stuart Mill and, and think of it in a vacuum as if it's still relevant, still as relevant as it was then. It's simply not. So, you know, uh, there's this amazing, oh man, this amazing essay. I got to send this to you. I I may have a long time ago, but I, ha I will send you this essay from Oscar Wilde where he talks about socialism. And it's just, you know, Oscar Wilde, he's not a politician or anything, wasn't a political scientist. He's just, just a keenest observer in the world and just like a dizzyingly amazing writer, just so entertaining to fucking read. Uh, in writing about something so complex and dense, uh, he the the basic idea in the article in the essay is socialism. Socialism provides more individualism. So this is where this is where moral theory immediately started from a, a losing position. Is in order to clarify what particular types of tenants are uh, adequate or clean or you know, universalizable, you have to, you have to uh, disentangle other types of other types of thought or other theories or other schools of thought. So you end up in this little box where you talk about all these, all these different, uh, you know, all these different ideas or all these different rules. And okay, that's fine. But you know, here we are 500 years later. And we have plenty of information telling us that you know, there's not a hundred people that, you know, are in the upper class and then, you know, everybody else. This is like, we all live in a, a, a world with billions of other people and it matters uh, what types of, you know, it matters like what types of uh, philosophies we adopt. But I mean, it matters most uh, what the overall outcome is. And I don't give a flying fuck what philosophy produces it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never thought I would be straight up a utilitarian and I don't, I don't know if I would identify as one now because again, I still cherry pick whatever the fuck I think makes sense to me, <laughs> but, but somebody gives me a decent argument. 
I will agree and I'll, I'll be, I'll be fine with that. But you know, yeah, for me, it's a lot of considerations, but, uh, we've finally, the, the economy has gotten to a point where the, the world we actually have, we actually have enough wealth in this, on this planet, all countries combined to feed all hungry people. Yeah, we don't do it. So there's a failure because wealth disparity because what because wealth disparity and because the distribution of wealth is so flagrantly out of whack, which is what keeps I think a lot of what progressives want is good for 85 percent of people on Earth. It's just it runs up against money. It runs up against lobby. It runs up against the fucking people pulling the strings. And that's that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we want to this is where philosophy kind of becomes really strained and difficult to deal with here is that, you know, all right. So how are we supposed to even apply it? You have. uh, Yeah. Also, all these all these great progressives that we know uh, run up against uh, moneyed interests and what's their only option? The only option is to back down. And it might be the pragmatic thing to do. It might be the stoic thing to do, which would be to back away and let somebody else keep, you know, digging into everybody else's pockets. And, uh, you know, even though, you know, the right thing would be to stand in the way and try to fight, maybe that fucks over your whole career. So it's not the right thing, but that's, you know, okay. So now we're making an argument based on your own individual concerns. I, I think, you know, we're at this point now, we talked about divisional labor last week. We're at this point now where there's, you know, 10 billion ways to think about it and everybody's got a different fucking idea. And, the worst thing is that the most ideas are coming from, you know, like self-help books and shit. There's like, there's like 5,000 different self-help philosophies and there's like 10 different main codified <laughs> canonized philosophies or schools of thought. So, you know, good luck there. Um, I think I got to wrap it up here, guys. I, I know I didn't want to kind of just like rant there at the end. Do you, guys, do you have closing thoughts, closing ideas? I just got to be realistic. We're at 205 here. Yeah, no. Let's wrap it up. How about some, I, I dropped it in there for Mike. Maybe he'll play it for me, but some Operation Ivy. Knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Close this out. yeah. Let's do that. Let's close this out with some fucking little knowledge. Uh, none of us have the ability to stop this recording, right? <laughs> We can leave it. We all, we yeah, we have it. to. Ab- that's how things happen, man. We we abandon the system. That's the only way we get the system to grant <laughs> grant us our desires. Is we abandon. Let me know it. how that works out. We're, the only way. So the only way. The only way to get real knowledge is to leave this chat. <laughs> yep, and right, go right, and get guys. on Facebook for sure. Right. Good night, gents. What you got doing this now? What's running?